Soxcast episode 37. I'm your host, Polly, and welcome. How are you guys doing? You ready for podcast? Yes. Woo. Yes. Woo. Have we really made 37 of these things? We've done this is this is number 37, but I think it's actually the 45th episode we've done. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, cuz some of them are split. Damn, man. <laughs> yeah, we've been impressive. We've been at it a while. Um, mm-hmm. and John's still here for some reason. Hi. Uh, but before I roll into introductions and everything, uh, I thought that it would be kind of appropriate for us, or or at least me, I don't know how anybody else feels about this, to kind of acknowledge the passing of one of the greatest musical legends, artistic icons, uh, his body of work practically speaks for itself, the passing of Mr. David Bowie. Um, anybody have anything to say about that? I remember his stuff like, you know, he did the song, you know, the man who sold the world and stuff like that, which is in Metal Gear Solid five. I mean, yeah. and that was damn good. I think that that's I think that that's actually led to a lot of renewed interest in his work. But like because because Diamond Dogs is another like everything in Metal Gear is a reference to David yeah. Bowie uh, <laughs> to some degree. Um, you know, he's got an album and a name. Uh, and a song called Diamond Dogs as well. So there's just there's so many references to him all over that game. It's really ridiculous. Um, but like I said, uh, the man's body of work speaks for itself. Uh, even more incredibly, uh, his uh, uh, latest album, Black Star, uh, was released two days prior to his passing. And uh, it actually was recorded while he was uh, – having a very private battle with cancer and it was an album that he recorded knowing he was dying. Um, and it is an incredible piece of work. Uh, it's one of the most fascinating, uh, looks at death, uh, because it, you know, like death is a very common subject, uh, in music. You hear it all the time, but I don't think I've ever heard such a personal, um, and unnerving yet, like really unrelenting and unafraid look at you know like somebody actually creating this piece of art while you know they're actively going through treatment for you know what's ultimately going to kill them. Uh, I don't know if like Fred got around to uh, listening to the album uh, yet or not. I listened to the few singles he released a couple times. Yeah, not, Black not Star, the full album yet. Black Star and Lazarus. They were pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. When I noticed the lyrics, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do a whole album of this just yet. Well, it's it's not a whole album of that because he still managed to pack on some really, really like Bowie-esque songs on there. Like uh, Tis a Pity, She's a Whore is a <laughs> really, really fun little track. Um, uh, but 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 yeah, it is ultimately, you know, an album of, you know, it's been fun, y'all. But this is where, you know, my exit is and I got to get off. So I'll talk to y'all later um and you know it's not sorrowful or mournful it's just like a really fascinating uh it it really touched me in a way i like i I, you know it's really haunting you know because like obviously nobody knew that he had been going through this battle this 18 month battle with cancer uh, you know until the morning that he had passed away uh so when you see like because i got the album when it came out which was you know again two days before he died and it's just like huh huh this album's kind of really dark. And then, you know, it happens, and it's like, oh, oh, this this makes a lot more sense now. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it's a fantastic piece of work. And like I said, his body of work speaks for itself. Uh, you know, you can't think, like, I can't think of a single artist that I love that he hasn't inspired in some way, be it like through, you know, visual artists, through musical artists, the video games, like you will find something related to him and like the brilliant concepts that he brought forth, um, you know, and the inspiration that, uh, he gave to a lot of people, um, you know, I know that me especially, I got a lot of, uh, like, like David Bowie, like when I discovered David Bowie, I was really, really young. Um, and it was just like, you know, you're going through that phase of your life where it's like, man, I am really weird and a crappy person. And like, everybody hates me because I'm weird. And then you see this guy who's out there who's really cool. And he's also kind of weird and freaky. And, he, you know, it's like he sort of gave me that thought of, hey, maybe, maybe I'm like kind of cool like that guy you know maybe i can just be cool in my own way like this guy's doing so you know mm-hmm. i i know that that's something that david bowie and his work gave to me and why you know i remained a fan throughout my childhood and into my adult life uh so yeah i just thought it would be kind of classy for the Sox cast to kind of take a moment and acknowledge uh his unfortunate passing which has just been a real bad time for deaths lately because every time we've done a Sox cast <laughs> For like the last three or four weeks, it's been, oh, Scott Weiland died. Oh, that sucks. Oh, great. Let me kill Mr. Died. Shit. Oh, David Bowie and Alan Rickman died. God damn mm. it. Yeah, the Alan Rickman one was just like, really? I really, really? like Alan Rickman. I know. It's like, and I've watched Anna and I watched Sense and Sensibility a bunch lately, mm-hmm. where he's just plays like this a really nice guy. <laughs> no, Love interest. Sweeney Todd. Mm. Another good uh, Alan Rickman, uh, of course. You know, Hans Gruber in Die Hard, fantastic role. <laughs> um, that was one of the that was one of those classic roles, basically. I love it. Yeah, I love it. You never forget that iconic moment of him falling out the window and that shocked look on his face. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Nobody plays a, ter- a a German terrorist about to die better than Alan Rickman. Oh, <laughs> raising a glass to you. All right, so I guess we will roll right into introductions. To my immediate virtual right, it's your cousin, Rhett. Oh, I thought I was the sister. No, you're the cousin. You okay. can still be you can be <laughs> someone's sister, but you're, you're a cousin to somebody. I guess that's true. Can I be my cousin? No. Okay. Nobody wants to be your cousin. <laughs> okay. What, what, about, what about you, No? Do you want to be John's cousin? Huh? Maybe... What about Rhett? I would definitely be Rhett's cousin. Sure, why not? Could yeah. hurt. <laughs> I got nothing to lose in this situation. Uh, how you doing, Rhett? Ready for a podcast? Sure. You always sound big, so ready. Big enthusiasm. You always just ready to jump right into these things. Yep. Uh, to my immediate virtual left, he's not any better at arm wrestling. It's John Fire. Hi. You're a wimp. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I like I look at your picture on Twitter every day, and it's like, man, guy's a total wimp. It's true. I like meek. I just like tiny, just but also tall. Yeah. Just hello, I'm Sean. Yeah, you aren't you aren't small as uh, the Tumblr crowd might say. I'm not. No, no. you're yeah. not. You're not small. Not not. Can I be in not. spirit? Can I be in spirit? Even though I'm like six foot two. I I don't see why not. Okay, cool. You ready for podcast, John? I'm extremely ready. Are you ready for a very special guest? 
Uh, no. You're not? Well, no. Well, you're going to have to get ready for one because we've, eh? got, we've got a very special guest today because this is a guest that myself and Rhett have known for about 15 years now. Uh, <laughs> and this is actually the first time that we're actually talking. Um, we've known him since the golden days of PSO. We've, got, uh, we've known him by various names th- over the years. Uh, we've banned and kicked him from many an IRC chats. Um, but we love him to death. He is our one and only Rappy Bucket companion. It is Dr. No! Hi, guys. Hi. How's it going? Hi. I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? I'm doing quite etching. How you, how's, how's it going, dude? How, like, how's it feel to finally be on this dumb thing we're doing? I don't know. Feels kind of interesting. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> At least we've never had a guest tell us that they've had a bad time. But that might be because I, I physically intimidate everybody into not saying a bad thing about being on this thing. Hopefully. Yeah. So we've known you for a bajillion years. Uh, in internet age? Yeah, definitely. Did you know, like, like Rhett pointed this out to me before we started recording, but that, like, we are like in the middle of the 15th anniversary of the original release of PSO for, you know, like the Japanese version is already 15 years old. And on January 29th, the U.S. version will be 15 years old. How old do you feel now? I feel, I feel. <laughs> well, considering that we met you when you were like eight or something. I was 13, oh, God. actually. That was thirteen, actually. Okay. Okay. When y'all met, I when y'all met, I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> we always we always joke around that like we met John when he was like three or four years old, but it's just like no, like I I've known Doctor No for literally fifteen years, and it's just like I know that he was quite a young and when we met back then. Um. Cool. So Doctor No for for the the convenience of our audience. Who the hell are you and what do you do? Who am I? Well, yeah. who are you? I'm I'm a rappy bucket. I do things every so often. <laughs> if you didn't know, Dr. No has a head and it is in the shape of a bucket and it has a rappy mask on the front and we all live inside that bucket. Like everything that takes place in this world takes place inside of his gigantic rappy bucket head and anytime we actually like talk to his physical manifestation he's just projecting himself inside of his own rappy bucket because he's got a very strong mind to be able to do that is it kind of like the bionis and xenoblade where they're just living in this giant body yeah yeah basically yeah (laughs) only we're just in a giant bucket on his head though yeah that's that is also his head what else about yourself? <laughs> what else about yourself, other than the fact that you are the very meaning of the universe, should we know about you, Mister Doctor No? And are you actually a doctor? Maybe. No, I'm not really a doctor. No, no not a doctor. <laughs> not really. That's unfortunate. Because it's, like, un- it's unfortunate. Because yeah. I've been I've, I've been kind of sick all week, and I was kind of hoping you could. Uh, you could uh, give me a uh, give me a hand getting over this whole flu thing. 
you have a flu. You might want to rest it off a little bit. So look, yeah. at the, you could be a doctor. Like what? What better <laughs> advice? What better advice would any doctor give you than to hey, just rest it off a little bit. You'll be fine. Yeah, just take a nap. Yeah, I did. Like... <laughs> Dayquil's a fucking lie. It made me sleep from five until eight thirty, and I almost forgot we had a podcast <laughs> to record. Oh dear. <laughs> Well, so you play video games and stuff. Like, I see you on the old Steam all the time, and it's like, Dr. No started playing Samurai Warriors and then Metal Gear and all these fun games. Uh, how would you feel if I asked you to tell us a bit about the games you've been playing lately so we can sit here and talk about them and pick your brain? Sure. Well, oh. well I've been playing, um, you know, Samurai Warriors 4, you know, slash 2. And this, is, and, and this is a, uh, is this like in like direct like line of sequels with Dynasty Warriors or is this like an entirely different series that does its own thing? Well, the Samurai Warriors series is basically, is basically like Dynasty Warriors, but instead of it being set in China, it's set in Japan instead mm. during the, during the warring states period. Hmm. That's cool. So, so know, it's not like to... Romance of the Three Kingdoms stuff. This is more like, hey, do you like anime? Maybe you should play Samurai Warriors instead. Mm, kind of, sort of. It's it's a little bit more grounded. Now, if you're looking for like a anime version of um of the Warring States, and I think uh, what was that one game that uh, Capcom had? I think it was called um, Singo. Sengoku um, Basa or something like that. Oh, yeah, Sengoku oh, yeah. Basa, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that yeah, based th- on an anime? I think there is an anime of it, I think. It might have been a game yeah. first. It, it was a game first, and then they made an anime out of it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. So, so this is, like, Dynasty Warriors stuff, or is there, like, more tactics to it? Or, like, uh, or like what are we doing in this game? Well, Samurai Warriors is a little bit more focused on tactics. It it's actually focused on you know telling more of the characters' stories. Mm. In in this in these cases, um, compared to like you know Dynasty Warriors, in which you can prevent like certain events, like you could like for example like the whole Battle of Chibi, you could have like Cao Zhao, you know, prevent his ships um being burned up and shit mm-hmm. but in samurai warriors for example you're not really able to really do that in the end the tokugawa will unite the land regardless of you know what your characters do gotcha so it's just more like this is a straight storyline that we're going to tell and you you don't really have any agency in that well you have some agency like you um like depending on which character you pick um inevitably there will be some changes in the dialogue Mm -hmm. in what you're doing but in the end but it basically tells um but it basically tells you that you know this this kind of thing is going to be like the exact same thing only in a slightly roundabout way gotcha 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 kind of like kind of like dynasty kind of like the latest dynasty warrior games have been doing it as well Mm. In, in a way but basically it's it's uh, and also um another thing with samurai warriors that kind of differentiates it with um 
Dynasty Warriors is that there's not as many characters in it. That that can be probably a good thing because I find with Dynasty Warriors games, even like the last one I played was Dynasty Warriors 4. I still felt really overwhelmed because there were way too many characters, too much stuff to level up, too much stuff to keep track of. So this is more focused in that regard? It's a little bit more focused, yes. Definitely. That's good. That's good. Because I, I, like I said, that stuff kind of like... It's bad for my OCD. Because, you know, it's like, okay, well, now this character is higher than other characters, so I need to go back and I need to play these characters so that everybody yeah, is the same. And then it's like, it's like, oh, great. Well, these guys have better weapons, so I need to go back and get these 432 other guys better weapons. Oh, God. <laughs> that like, shit I, drove me I nuts. I, I know the feeling. Get Dynasty Warriors 4 was my first um, Dynasty Warriors game. Mm-hmm. But... You know, after um, but I kind of took a break from the Dynasty Warriors series after a while. Um, but I did enjoy playing through. But I did enjoy playing through it. Like you know, it was pretty silly and stuff like that. I mean, in the end, both of the Warriors games are are fairly similar in that you basically go in there, you beat up some dudes, do some events. They're good. They're good. Like brain dead games like i can set like yeah. i can like when i uh i played uh well i think the last warriors game actually that i played proper like last year i played through hyrule warriors when i borrowed a friend's wii u um and i had a hell of a time doing that and just like sitting back chilling out beating up some dudes doing some really like like the mission designs in those aren't as simple as like just run in and spam you know one button all the time because you do get some really cool objectives at times Oh, I actually, I actually do need to play that. I need to, um, though I don't own a Wii U, though, so. We know the feeling. Well, but we're going to steal John's because he never uses it. Okay. So you can be in on that heist if you want. Makes yeah. sense. Sounds like a good idea. Cool, cool. So is this game like a sequel to Samurai Warriors 4? Because the name is looks really weird on Steam just being 4-2 with a Roman numeral. <laughs> Well, kind of. I, I actually had never played Samurai Warriors 4, truth be told, uh, so I don't really have that much details about it. But it did add in, like, I believe it added in, like, a new character in it. There was just one new character, though. Uh, the rest. And I think they changed up the way that the, you know, the story was being done, but I'm not entirely sure since I never played the fourth one. Okay. But it sounds really, really cool, though. Like, I think, like, if it, it, it's sort of like a flavor kind of thing, I guess. Like, because, you know, if you're not really into that whole romance of the Three Kingdoms thing, but you want to, like, run around a battlefield and, you know, end a fight by having killed over a thousand dudes, maybe you could go over to this Japanese, I'm guessing it's Edo period, maybe? It's Ed- It's definitely Edo period. It's the. It's during the time of the um of the Warring States. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. The Shingo Ditch Guy. Ditch oh, Guy good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. That stuff. Cool. cool. Yeah, I saw the. I think a lot of people have been kind of turned on to these games lately because of, um, they've just been kind of branching out and doing the crossover thing, um, or not even really a crossover, just like making other games in other franchises in that style. The, yeah, there's a Dragon I, Quest one now yeah. too. And I'm Dragon like, Quest Ooh. Heroes. Yeah. 
Ooh. <laughs> and I know that like like Hyrule Warriors is coming to 3DS uh, in a couple of months, and I'll be picking it up. That'll be a really fun thing to have on the go. Brad. And I know Jim Sterling has been giving these games a lot of lip service over the years. Like even though people give him a lot of shit for it, which I don't know why. It's just the guy's opinion. Like who? Like why do you care so much that this guy likes to give positive feedback to a thing that he likes? But I need the- you to validate my personal preferences because you're a reflection of how I feel. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like I, that that's where I started noticing the the series kind of gaining more traction as of late was just like, oh hey, like not only are they getting these really cool crossover deals, but like somebody with pretty big voice uh, in the games community has been giving them a lot of positive spin. Um, and it's definitely like you know like kind of what made me want to pick up Dynasty Warriors eight because, like I said, I haven't really played a Warriors game proper in a long time. so it's also that they're also um that they're starting to put some of their games on the PC as well. That's absolutely. A, yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. Like it's really awesome to see Japan over the last year and a half or so really jump on board the whole PC thing, because I know that like we wouldn't have gotten into Neptunia uh, in the way that we did, had it not been for idea factory jumping over to the PC and throwing those games out in less than a year. I still need to eventually play those games. At yes, some point. you do. You need to be. You need like like one of us. One of us. Like every like every other couple weeks, I see somebody else new getting into them, and I'm like, man, I wish I could be yeah. you. I wish I could be you and enjoying this series from the beginning again. <laughs> it is ridiculous just how many times you see people like Carmine Nicholas jumping on there, and other people like, damn, everyone's playing Nap now. Yeah, like uh, somebody else just this past week on my friends list just started playing through Rebirth 1 that I like had not previously started playing. I was like, well, there you go. There's more. Like The, the disease is spreading, and I can only support this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Raquel, I think, just finished the first game, too. Huh? Good stuff. Yay. It's really fun to see those kind of things just spread through a social circle over like a year. Mm-hmm. Because we're All so persistent. It's because we're so <laughs> persistent with it. Yep. We never shut up about it because it was that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I kind of remember the same thing happening with Dark Souls where... I was about to say Dark Souls. It yeah. was this impenetrable thing and then people started playing it and it kind of spread and then everyone's like, man, this is pretty good, huh? And then Undertale spread like wildfire. Well, uh-huh. Yeah, that was Steven... different. That was... That was a zeitgeist <laughs> right there. Yeah. yeah. Steven Universe. Yeah. I actually never played Undertale either, actually. Oh, you should. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is. At my, some point my, I, I at some point I might check it out though. Yeah. I, I think that like I know your tastes pretty well from having known you over the years. And it's like I, I know you would probably really like this thing. It's really good. <laughs> Trust me, I wouldn't steer you wrong. When have I ever had a bad opinion, Doctor No? Come on now. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Wait. Nah, nah, it's too hard to think about it. See? See? You can't think of a single instance <laughs> of when I've ever had a bad opinion about anything ever. You said that the Backstreet Boys aren't art. They... <laughs> what? <John's... laughs> John thinks the Backstreet the... Boys are fucking art. That's not what I'm saying. It's just like I was so weirdly specific to be like, John, those... John, that is just... That is just commercial. That was just... <laughs> It's just really funny. Glorious. (laughs) Not art. They're not art, but they are fart. 
they're fart. I'll give them that. They're not the good kind of fart either. Where you, know, I bring it up on, I bring up a fart piano <laughs> on my phone and play it at an inopportune time and make people laugh. No, they're the bad kind of fart where you, at like, a little bit of poop accidentally comes out. <laughs> I know the feeling, unfortunately, about that one. Oh no! <laughs> like, like sometimes it just no, kind of. No, oh, my God. <laughs> no, yeah. let him go. I need to hear this story. Some sometimes it. Yeah, sometimes it's just something you eat. Sometimes poop comes out of a butt. Don't yeah, worry, don't worry. Like... John has legitimate butt problems, and sometimes he poops himself. He likes big butts, and he cannot lie? No, he's got, like, butt problems where, like, if he eats certain things, his butt will explode. Basically. He's, he, <laughs> he's a celiac on Prozac. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So Samurai Warriors four two, I guess that's what we're gonna call it. Sounds uh, kind of neat. Anything else that you'd uh, like to discuss about that game, or would you like to talk about something else? Or I was actually going to be talking about something else. I think. All right. What you, what else are you doing? Well, right now I'm also playing through um, Metal Gear Solid Five, <sighs> the Phantom Pain as well. <sighs> It was uh, my number five game of the year last year. Ooh. It was very... <laughs> I I dumped about... I don't know how many hours you've pumped into it yet, but by the time I ended, I had over like 140 or 150 hours in it. Jeez. I think right now I have about like 43 hours on it. <laughs> how far are you in it so far? Like I'm up to um, Mission 21, I believe. Oh, wow. You still got a while to go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that is a very different game from the other Metal Gear Solid. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, how yeah. are you liking it so far? I like it, but I kind of wish that you know that Snake spoke up a little bit more. Yeah, he... for all for all the money they put into working with Keeper Sutherland, boy, does Snake not talk at all. Did you no. see that tweet from um from the voice from David Hater? It's like you can't make Jack. I don't know what um. Was Jack was Kiefer Sutherland Jack Bauer? Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god! And then they said they're rebooting Twenty Four without Jack Bauer. Yeah. And David Hayter said, "You can't just replace the leading man in the series. That's like shattering its core identity. It's for shame." Like, sorry, sorry about that little tangent. Please continue, Doctor. No problem, no problem. Like you know that that does kind of remind me of that. Of that one time that um, I think everyone remembers the time that you know Elder Scrolls um, Four Oblivion came out and like <laughs> Festa was hyping the living hell out of like Patrick Stewart being in the game. Yeah, but then he was only in there for like that small segment, and that was. <laughs> Wasn't it just the intro? Yeah. Didn't he just narrate the intro, and that was it? Yeah, he he narrated the intro. He also played the Emperor, but he, yeah, but the Emperor gets killed in the very beginning. <laughs> It's like it's funny how like Castlevania Lords of Shadow put Patrick Stewart to way better use. Oh yeah, that dude got way that got that guy got so much work in that one. And it's like and they actually made his character matter and his story mean something. Like I watched uh, Vinny of Giant Bomb play through a lot of that game and it's just like I can't believe that like a celebrity has this big of a role in a game and it actually matters because they're usually just throwaway roles. 
you said Lords of Shadow two. No, um, it was it was Lords of Shadow one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because well, I haven't heard anything positive about the second game. No. Well, Lords of Shadow two did have yeah. you know Patrick Stewart back in there, but he didn't really play that much of a role compared uh-huh. to the compared to the narrating work that he had back in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was just kind of he was just kind of there in two, basically. All right. So Metal but, Gear Solid Five. <laughs> <laughs> but um i um i've also been using like um i also recently got quiet and i was like holy fuck she is really overpowered jesus she's christ broken as fuck all you gotta do is go into any area and say cover me and she'll take out entire outposts by herself like I, there were there were a few times where it's just like i don't really want to do this mission quiet cover me and she would just go in and take out an entire place and it was just like oh i've got to extract somebody and by the time i get into the base she'd already knocked everybody out including the person i needed to extract so i just grabbed the person i need to extract <laughs> lay them down fold them out you're done thanks quiet and the only price you really have to pay is oh yeah that constant humming sound mm-hmm. oh. every time she acquires a target which is all the time she hums and and it never stops. Oh yeah, it it's it that actually is kind of obnoxious, but after a while I kind of just, you know, tune it out like I'm just focusing on like, you know, just sneaking up to somebody and just shooting with a tranquilizer gun and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I I tend to go around and just, you know, try to neutralize as many targets as I can non-lethally. Mhm. And I also try to capture a whole bunch of enemy vehicles in the process, too. Isn't Fultoning the most fun damn thing ever? Oh, yes, it is. I, I had never played, um, I never played Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. So I didn't really get into the whole, you know, Fulton craze at the time. Mm-hmm. But now that I've kind of experienced it in, like, five, I'm like, damn. You can Fulton everything in this game. It's like, hey, there's a goat. I'm going to Fulton that goat. Because why not? Or I, I like those. I like the missions where it's just like the a line of enemy tanks is headed to so and so village, and they're going to attack. Go in there and destroy the tanks. And I'm like, Nah, dog. You sit back. I got this. Check this shit out. I'm gonna sneak up on your little tank line, and I'm gonna fault all three of them out. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. With, I did that with those tanks. I also did it with the Walker gears as well when they mm-hmm. popped up. I was like. Oh, well, why the hell would I want to destroy a whole bunch of Walker gears? That's that's too much work. I know. I'm just I'm fulton, fulton them out. out. I'd sneak, sneak up behind them, just Fulton them out. Did you know that you can extract from zones by, um, you know, there's big crates of materials that you can Fulton out? Um, I'm not really aware of that one. Oh, I don't know, like, how far into the upgrade tree you are, but there are, like, these big, um, just sort of like they look like trailers and they're full of materials that you can fault now. Like once you've got, I think a level three upgrade, like you can stand on top of one of those and then just like drop a Fulton on top of it. And you'll just ride the entire fucking thing out of the zone. <laughs> Holy crap. That sounds hilarious. It's so good. Awful. There's an upgrade you get, you can get for the Fulton later that doesn't even have like startup time. Uh, and it it it's it's basically portal. You get a fucking wormhole that you can send things up through. So like, so instead of like having to worry about <laughs> boltening things inside where you have to carry them out, 
You can Fulton guys like inside now because they just get shot up through a wormhole. Fultoning gets way better the more you play, Doctor No. I swear. Oh well, I mean, I'm I'm already liking it as it is. I I find it interesting that it's, it's going to get a little bit. Better. And the way people scream when they get Fulton away is always hilarious. Even though, oh, can, yeah. even though it can like alert enemy guards, like I just I always love just hearing them scream as they get sucked away into the air. Like what I find funny sometimes, like is like the is that the guards sometimes notice it, and you know they try and shoot at it, but they but they're like way too slow on it, mm-hmm. and they're like shit. Yep. Then they put a call into base, and by the time that they've put that call into base, you're already behind that guy, putting a dark in his head and faultoning him out anyway. Or I just grab him right from right behind. I'm like, hi. How's it going? <laughs> hey, give me some information. Yeah. I'm going to balloon you off. It's like, you don't have to talk to me, but, you know, this is ending the, the same way. Like, I'm still going to give you a very fun balloon ride. <laughs> so, at the very, I'm, I'm giving you a free balloon ride. At the very least, you can, you know, give me some information. Yeah. I mean, it's common courtesy on the battlefield, I think. If love can bloom on a battlefield, I think that a person should give you information if you're giving them a free balloon, a free balloon ride. Exactly. That's exactly the way I see it. So it's a love balloon <laughs> on the battlefield? It's a love balloon on the battlefield. Yes. yes <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> Can love balloon on a battlefield? I hate I you, Rhett. Yes. I hate you, Rhett. <laughs> <laughs> I would say yes, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Metal Gear Solid 5 is fucking proof of that. Uh, what do you think of the weird way that they're handling narrative in the game? Because there's obviously not a lot of it. There's not a lot of it, but there is a decent amount of um, background material to it. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of so I just kind of think to myself, it's like, okay, you know, there's, there's some decent background narrative here. So at the very least, we can work with that. Yeah, it's but like... Like, with the audio tapes, what I found myself doing was, like, you know, they give you a ton of them at the end of every major story mission. And so what I do is, like, it's like, okay, I haven't went around capturing outposts for a while. So I would just, like, start listening to them while I'm running around tranking dudes and taking over outposts. So it's not a bad way to kind of waste time. But when you consider how Metal Gear has presented its story in the past, it's so jarring. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in the past, you know, people have said that, you know, Kojima is a bit of a, you know, hack writer. So I guess you could say that for his last game, he's just, you know, giving them what he wants. Yeah, what they want. Like, I think this game gives everybody what they want and then some. But I'll let you experience that part for yourself. I think you're in for a pretty fun little ride if you're in for the abs- the absurd silliness that is what Kojima does and you and you allow yourself to suspend your disbelief in the way that that series asks you to I think you're gonna have a really good time with where that game goes honestly I've played through Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes and I've seen him you know basically do a backflip off the off of a missile and I didn't (laughs) I wasn't really phased by it so I'll be fine I think metal I think that like when you consider where the Metal Gear Solid series has gone since Metal Gear Solid 2 that Twin Snakes should be the canon version of Metal Gear Solid 1. Just because oh, yeah. of how absurd it is, I think that Twin Snakes fits more in line with where the series went than like the really grounded nature of that first game. Yeah, it, it really it was bugs so me. Weird when... going back to the first, it was so weird going back to the first game. 
when I played it earlier last year. It really bugs me when people are like, and by the way, Twin Snakes doesn't exist. It's like, did you see the fourth game? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. The guy is breakdancing and he has Metal Gears tied to his feet. <laughs> come on, people. Like, you cannot tell me. You cannot look at me in the eye and tell me that this this series is in any way grounded in any kind of sacred ground or reality. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always found it weird how so many people kind of like, you know, rattle off with the with the realism of, you know, of the original Metal Gear and the of the original Metal Gear games and and then Metal Gear Solid. And I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself, like. I mean, I remember this one Codex call. I, I remember this one um, radio call back in like one of the Metal Gears, in which they were talking about like poisonous hamsters from Zanzibar and shit. I'm like, how the fuck is that even grounded in realism? <laughs> you know what? The, the the best Codex call in Metal Gear history, though, is in Metal Gear Solid Three. I knew it. I when knew. You, I know which one you're gonna after say. After Snake has his nightmare, <laughs> you call Mister Sigan. And he tells you all about the nightmare he had where a a giant poop monster turned everything into poop. (laughs) Did you ever hear that Kodak call? I don't think so, unfortunately. Oh my god. (laughs) It's magical. Like, when you get a chance, look it up on YouTube. Sigan's Nightmare. It's so good. Isn't that not in the HD version? It's not in the HD version. Because Snake's Nightmare got removed too. Yeah, that's a real bummer. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense why they would take it out, but I kind of was like hoping that they would have like put something in there to kind of make up for it. But no, they just kind of cut that entire sequence out and don't oh. really reference it. Oh, that's a shame. But hey, it's 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 on YouTube. Just look up Sigan's Nightmare and enjoy because it's quite. It's the best Kodak call in the series. I will definitely check that one out. Then it's. <laughs> it sounds cool. I bought the um HD collection earlier this year, so I could play those two and th- revisit two and three since those were really kind of formative games for me, and I haven't played them in ages. So I guess I'll check that part out on YouTube, though. And you haven't you haven't played four at all, right? No, uh, like two hours, like five, uh, seven years ago. Yeah, that game goes places as well. Yeah. Surrender yourself to the stupidity. To the, <laughs> do you do you like anime? Yeah. Do you really like really big, dumb, over the top, my style kind of anime? Yeah. Do, do you like giant robots and ninjas? Yes. Because that's like all Kojima does. And stuff. <laughs> There's always a, a man with an eye patch, a giant robot, and a ninja. That's and boobs. Game. Can't forget and, boobs. Yeah, yeah boobs. Know. They're everywhere. <laughs> remember on posters or on like, you know, other characters. I remember that he had said that he wanted the, he wanted one of the um the all female units from like what Melgar saw it for to be naked or something like that yeah he wanted them he wanted them to be naked and like the body suits was as close as he could get and they're all based like like they yeah, scanned the faces and stuff of his favorite models oh gross oh it's God. really it's really weird and gross and pervy like when you put all of the quiet stuff into context who and, is also based on a real model. Who is also based yeah. on a real model. <laughs> no! And it's just like, you look back at his body of work, and it's just like this 
just really he's gross. Just a, and a really horny dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he... <laughs> That's, I think there was a tweet this this week from, I think, AVB of just, like, every, so much more makes sense if... Would make sense if, like, public schools would acknowledge that male writers were really horny <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. And it just make bring a lot of stuff into context. And it make it a hell of a lot simpler to explain. It's like, no, there's yes. no there's no roundabout explanation for this. It's like, I know that Kojima, like, when all this quiet shit was coming out, it's like, oh, when you figure out why quiet's the way she is, you'll feel sorry for your words and deeds. It's like, dude... You got a hard pecker. That's the explanation. <laughs> I, it. It, it was it, it was a really bad explanation. I mean, honestly, if if Kojima had just said, "It's my last game, guys. It's my last Metal Gear game. I'm 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 putting in some TNA just as you guys would like it." Exactly. Like I would have been totally fine with it. Yeah, I if he had have... just gone like, "It's hot in the desert," and that was it. Like, yeah. fine. Like he didn't have to try and make her story sound as significant as it is at all. <laughs> you know, but he had I wonder to go, if any of that was trans I wonder if any of that was translation. Just I don't like, know. If that got blown up if the words there got blown up a little bit. It, it might You'll be, be sorry You'll when oh my, my master probably not though. When my masterpiece of a story comes out that rivals Shakespeare, this <laughs> tragic heroine that you're bad mouthing Oh no! It's just I just want her titties flopping around. Oh yeah, yeah and and the stocking and all that other stuff. Yeah, I think I, I think I got her to blood outfit, and I'm like, God, damn. it's just like what? It's like That's you a- can get like like once I got uh there there's an um uh, an unlockable outfit you can get for her that is um uh her um the year the 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 uh the outfit she has in the game's intro. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you can actually unlock that for her. Once I got that, I was just like, oh, okay, I don't feel quite as skeevy sitting in the helicopter with her writhing <laughs> about in very weird ways. That she's, <laughs> she's basically doing a pole dance for you. Basically, this. yeah, yeah. Like once, like, like she doesn't do that unless your bond level is high with her. But then, like, once your bond level goes up. Like she's practically giving you a peep show right in the helicopter as you're flying, and like with the way the game has the camera work, you're looking at your iDroid through first person, but the the iDroid is transparent, <laughs> so you see her there just writhing about in a very weird and uncomfortable ways. When I play that game, I want to use that ocelot model swap the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think I Google I just Googled blood outfit. Is the blood outfit just that she's covered in blood all the time? Yeah. Yes. She's covered weird. in blood. I think John's into that though. Yeah, John that's his jam. <clears throat> After Dragon Guard three. Strawberry jam. <laughs> like yeah, like to be honest with you, that, that outfit that blood outfit reminded me of the one from like uh what was that one movie? Um Oh yes, the remake of the Evil Dead movie. Mm. Basically, when the uh, <laughs> when the final chick at the end, she was all like covered in blood. It was raining shit. blood everywhere. Yeah, like, it was raining blood and shit everywhere. <laughs> I came out of that theater like doing a little dance. I really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> John's got a thing for blood. 
I can tell. <laughs> I had nobody talked about that movie after it came out or since, so I don't know if it's like at all reviled or anything. So I just remember really seeing it in theaters and having a good time and knowing that this was not at all like Evil Dead Two or Army of Darkness. Right. I, I don't think it's actually reviled. Actually, I, th- I think it was actually held in um in pretty high pe- in um pretty okay. high esteem. Actually, yeah, because not- it obviously was not trying to be Evil Dead Two or Army of Darkness. It was just this really intense, gory, violent horror movie. Yeah, that it was pretty much more in line with the spirit of like the older Evil Dead's, I believe. Mm-hmm. First one, and even then, like it yeah. pushed it farther than like Sam Raimi took said there was one scene in Evil Dead that he wouldn't have done that done again, and then the new one was like, "Hey, let's take that scene and go." <laughs> so, so yeah, it's definitely not in line with kind of Sam Raimi's vision. It's very much in line with talking about Metal Gear Solid Five, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, How's Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> Doctor? No. <laughs> oh, like I said before, I enjoyed I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I plan on playing through more of it. Yeah, I think you're gonna have a, a really good time. Like I said, that game kept me for 140 hours, and like like when I started playing it, I wasn't really digging it at first, uh, just because you know I was just like, this isn't what I play Metal Gear for. But then it gradually was just like. You know, this game's really stupidly fun to play. I'm kind of being closed-minded here. Because <laughs> it's, it's the best playing Metal Gear ever. Oh, yeah. That's how I f- that's, that's basically how I feel about it. But, um, yeah, I just like the amount of um, cut. But I kind of wish there was more customization to it as well. Mm. Like, you feel really limited in what you could... Um, like, like, the mother base, for example, it doesn't really... You know, it doesn't really seem to have all that much. It's just kind of there. It's just kind of a thing that they put in because they wanted to have a really gross online component. And then, like, they made it even grosser because, like, they did a patch back in November that, like, basically stores half of your on half of your offline assets online and it forces that. So it basically cut the resources that you can have for your offline mother base in half. Mm. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. That. It's really uh, gross. I I played through the game before that got introduced, so that never happened to me. Yeah, is that a problem? Have you had to deal with the changes they've made? That I actually had to deal with that change once when I played it, and it and it felt somewhat crippling. But you know, I was kind of like because at the time it was during their um their maintenance period, if I remember correctly. Mm. So, but, you know, during that time, I was kind of like, what in the fuck? But then I just, like, sold a whole bunch of, I decided to sell some of those vehicles that I had stored away. And I was like, okay, that makes things better. That's basically all I did with vehicles anyway. I mean, like, get them. Because it's like, I don't fucking care about defending my mother base. I'm selling all these turrets. I'm selling all these vehicles. I'm going to have all the GMP. (laughs) It's like, I never, I never wanted for money in that game ever. I still just kind of keep them around, kind of like a, kind of like decorations. Yeah, but I like I never really found myself wanting to, like, run around my empty and bland mother base because there's nothing to really do there. Yeah, you could exactly. drive around it a little bit, I guess, but yeah, and do like uh, target practice. I think and those missions are terrible. Oh yeah, you can hold up, you can hold up your own guards, and they'll tell you where diamonds are hidden on the base. 
Well, I mean, if if one of those guards on there asked me like, "Hey, boss, you want to train?" I'm like, "Okay, absolutely." I will punch <laughs> you grunt. right in your face. I go back. I take out my rocket fist and I shoot it at them. That's another <laughs> thing I like doing. Is like when you're like uh, you're taking off, uh, you're getting ready to leave for a mission or something. I'd like pull out the uh, pull out the uh, 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 the trank pistol and try to like trank the dudes on the landing zone. <laughs> That was a fun little game to play. Or, like, if I'd have a, a bullet with rubber guns, I would just pull it out and spray everybody I could. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't kill somebody, though. Don't accidentally kill them. Because you can actually do that. Like, I threw a dude off. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, wait, game over. Never mind. I accidentally hit somebody with a Jeep one time. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it gives you a game over, man. Yeah, you get yeah, a game just... over. And like Ocelot is like, Ocelot is like, what the fuck, man? Why did you do that? <laughs> Actually, I was kind of, sur- I was kind of surprised by how different Ocelot was in five. Like, he seems like this weirdly chilled out as hell kind of dude that's not really like planning anything against you. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, that'll that'll change because obviously it has to, given you know you know Ocelot's role in the series, you know like why he does yeah. the things that he does. So you know, obviously you're going to see some <laughs> origins of that. But for the most part, I found him to be real boring, and I didn't like his character much at all. Yeah, you know, I, I, I found it was kind of weird, really. And like, I don't know why they changed to Troy Baker for him either, because it just it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. He's apparently a Russian guy that speaks like a Texan guy. Yeah, he sounds a lot like a Texan. <laughs> Good lord. That fucking game. That series as a whole. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> you say, oh, you know Ocelot in the later games and his motivation. I'm thinking, no, I really don't think I ever had a clear goal of idea of what the fuck he ended up being. All I, all I can think of is when I think of the Metal Gear series, sometimes it's just poisonous hamsters. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> That's the thing in Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, poisonous hamsters in Zanzibar land. Oh, God. Yeah, that one was... I mean, I, I seriously couldn't... I, I watched the less... I watched um, uh, Slow Beef's um, less play of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, when he got to that screenshot, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, guys, you're taking this fiction way more seriously than the creators are. I. That's pretty much exactly the reason why I can't really take like anything in the Metal Gear series, like it as anything like grounded. Exactly. It's just like, I look at that series and I think, okay, this is just dumb, absurd and really fun. And I'll take it as that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need this thing to explain. I, legitimate. I don't need everything to explain, to be explained in detail, but some of the things that they go to great lengths to explain in great detail are always fantastic and stupid. And I love it for that. <laughs> fantastically stupid as yes almost. yes <laughs> yeah like everything in metal gear salad for good lord <laughs> nano machines dog we metal got gear you. rising metal gear rising was basically like the finalized concept right there like yep. it was just it was just the final version of it like like nano machines apparently enables me to like shoot up you know shock waves and 
<laughs> Nano Machine Son. Yes. That, that final boss was the be- was the best final boss Such ever. Such a good fucking game. Oh my god, it's so good. I no. can't believe there was never a sequel for it. I can believe there wasn't because Konami is not interested in video oh. games. Oh yeah, I forget. Yeah, Konami's a Konami's an asshole these days. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> Konami is just like, yo, you guys like Pachinko? We got that. Oh, so it's Revengeance Two kind of quietly dropped. I don't think it was. It ever was a never. Thing. A, no. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. Like the Shadukin in games got thrown away too. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so you had anything else? I've been playing through Shin Megami Tensei. Devil Survivor 2. These oh, days neat. Too. Very yeah. neat. How's that treating you? I actually I actually do like that one a little bit more than the first one. Mm. Because it's a little bit more balanced in terms of its um of its mood. Mm. Sort of. It's like it's like, you know, it's close to the it's getting close to like the end of the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's still a bit of, you know, some humor in it here and there. So, gotcha. so it's like totally, it's more consistent. Yeah. Yes, and also, um, it's also a little bit harder as well. Some of the missions will that's cool. pretty much will pretty much fuck you up ten ways of sideways if you're not really paying attention. That's kind of like a Shin Megami Tensei calling card, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like yo, these games are fucking hard. I didn't think Devil Survivor one was was that well devil survivor one had some parts in which they would kind of stop you mm-hmm. like like the fellow like the um like the first um actual bell fight if yeah. you're if your main character wasn't strong enough to actually you know hit him enough mm-hmm. hit him hard enough then you wouldn't be able to complete the game because jeez the, because the other enemies would just overwhelm you overwhelm the rest of your party and then they would pretty much kill you off too yeah jeez yeah i think i I played that game for a couple hours and got to some fight and then was just like oh this is tough and then just put it down and <laughs> that's <laughs> a fit i've been more patient with some other should be tensei games but that one i just didn't stick with for whatever reason but it i i i actually enjoyed the hell out of one as well i thought that one was pretty i, I thought one was pretty good as well mm-hmm. yeah i really liked the mood of it, it um reminded me a little bit of the world ends with you maybe yeah it, yeah it but was kind of it was kind of like just because that. of the just because of the um setting something it, yeah it was something like that but there was this there was this constant like look for something to to um to actually just solve the whole you know demon issue inside mm-hmm. the inside that area at the time, mm-hmm. and it was basically them. It was basically them just looking for a solution and then deciding what to do with that solution. Cool. Whereas with like two, it was more of we're going to find out what this whole issue is, but then we're going to be looking for ways. But it's kind of the same way with two, but it's a little bit more different. Like one was a little bit more focused on the alignment, like with the usual alignments of the Shin Megami Tensei of like, you know, neutral law, chaos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And two was a little bit more, it was more akin to like Shin Megami Tensei three 
in which they basically gave you these choices that would um would basically influence what kind of world that was eventually going to be made or something like that. And that cool. was really cool. Yeah. Cool. That that series is always just really interesting. Oh yes. I'm looking forward to the um I'm looking forward to the next Shimigame Tensei that's coming out this year. I think it's called um Shimigame Tensei four final. Yeah, they're weird. They're, they're re releasing four? Yeah, they're doing an append to four. Hmm. Well, it's it's not really a re-release. It's actually a sequel of sorts oh, to, to to um to Shin Megami Tensei Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's, a... that's probably the only one in the series that I didn't really like. Is that f- fair to say? Probably. I mean, I I played about twenty hours of it and just like I played ten hours of it and then was like, I'm not sure I like this, and then came back and played ten more and was like, Yeah, I'm definitely sure I'm not, I don't like this. Oh well. Yeah. I... I I actually didn't I actually did enjoy four, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit as well, but mm-hmm. I can I can kind of understand how, you know, some people might be put off by like four because it didn't really have like um, a lot of dungeons and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. basically kind of what you come to these games for a lot. I mean, even though they've got these fascinating stories and characters, mm-hmm. you're there for the dungeon crawl a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. I think it just there, felt. I think it just felt really cluttered to me. Like I went back to and played Shinigami Tensei one last year, and it was just such kind of this breath of fresh air of just fewer moving parts, and like not as not like here's your quest log, here's your here's your Navi, here's your um um all these different little quests you need to do and whatnot. It felt more kind of focused and together. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, all I, the other Shin Megami Tensei games it has something really concrete that felt different, where new is really worth telling that story over that. And with four, I was having trouble just kind of feeling like all that all that clutter was adding up to something. But I didn't play the whole game, so I don't really feel like I have a complete thought to offer there. Well, it it it, it did. After a while, it, it kind of did build up to something okay. after 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 a while, but it takes mm-hmm. a while to build up for something like that. Mm-hmm. And but the other issue that I kind of had with it sometimes was some of the was some of the new artwork for the demons. Like in particular, mm-hmm. like I wasn't really impressed with um with Medusa's artwork, for example. That one looked really mm-hmm. that looked like something out of a comic book or something like that. Yeah, I think it was also kind of easy um, where I beat the – like I was really into the game up through the Minotaur fight, which was really intense and had a great build up and atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That yeah. Was and then – so the Minotaur fight is built up for like three hours and it's at the bottom of the whole whole game's dungeon up to that point. And then like – and it ha- introduces the fir- the big boss scene for the first time. And then you walk into a room and there's some statue people in it. And then you get to the end of the room and Medusa attacks you and it does the same big music and the dramatic pan up camera. And it's like, no, wait, you didn't, you didn't earn this like you did that other fight. And then I, <laughs> and also I beat Medusa really easily. Mm. And then I went through like 10 hours where I was kind of steamrolling every fight. And I was just like, and once, and because up to that point it was very linear um, when it suddenly became kind of open worldy, it um, kind of felt like there was some momentum getting sucked away there. Yeah, where, it, yeah. 
the the difficulty of, the, of Shin Megami Tensei four, you know, basically was really more or less centered around the beginning. Basically, like if you got past the beginning, mm. you were pretty much like you were pretty much almost set for the entire game. There was one, mm-hmm. there was one other boss that could like kind of stop you in your tracks you a up. little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah, she could fuck you up. I think she was called uh, Shingwamu. I I believe her name was. Mm-hmm. Was that much later in the game, or? Um, she she actually is in a. She, I'm trying to remember when she when she pops up. I think she's like the like fourth or fifth boss that you're supposed to be fighting, I believe. Like when you're it's when you're um it's when you're dealing with the situation in Ikebukuro. Mm-hmm. As I recall. Yeah, it all kind of blurred together a little bit for me. Maybe I'll revisit it at some point. But it's be- just as someone who hasn't hadn't played the first game, hadn't played Nocturne, it was um I was feeling like, okay. I might come back to this later, but this doesn't feel like the Shin Megami Tensei I want to dig into before any of this other stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, even even yeah. Strange Journey I enjoy way more. Just, it kind of had actually, that. I yeah. actually enjoyed Strange Journey a Strange lot. Journey is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Strange Journey was actually my first SMT game. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. I, I, uh, I, my save file got deleted halfway through, and then I played oh. Persona 4 and fell in love forever. <laughs> Um, so I want to go back to that one because that oh yeah that that was the real thing was comparing kind of <clears throat> strange dirty with SMT four and just being like this super intense focused dungeon crawler with this really interesting l- laid back story in the background and then kind of SMT four was so much more stuff yeah yeah there was a lot of there, there was a lot of lore that I thought was pretty interesting in Shin Megami Tensei mm-hmm. 4 as well but I, I think with um with Final there will be mm-hmm. there will be more dungeons I think mm-hmm. I, at least that's what I've heard mm-hmm. so far I think also just the really weird feeling of opening up the big gate after 10 hours of playing and then being like I wonder what's at this behind this gate at the bottom of the world and oh it's Tokyo <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh! Could shit, have expected it. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's really, f- and it was really enjoyable for a good while. And I'm sure it does kind of come together in some neat ways. Um, it definitely does some pretty interesting things. So mm-hmm. if you ever, if you ever get a chance to, you know, to play back through it, then yeah. yeah. I I I'd I'd play Nocturne first. Nocturne and Strange Journey, mostly. Oh yeah, not Nocturne is a is another you know beast in terms of like length and stuff like that. It's mm. pretty damn lengthy, and it's got like eighty bajillion endings and different mm. ways that that story can turn out too. And it's and isn't it like really? Oh, it's really fucking hard. Through, it's pretty difficult. I was kind well, of it, I kind of was like, so is this going to be like the Minotaur, but all the time? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> the, the the fights in um Shin Megami Tensei 3, those boss fights, mm-hmm. they're a little bit more dangerous due to the fact that you can't really save anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you can only serve it you can only save at like certain points and stuff like that, so that makes the boss fights a lot more dangerous as a result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um it's just that um and also some of the some of the bosses themselves can also just you know mess your day up 
There's actually there's actually one boss in um, Shin Megami Tensei three that could actually that could actually kill you in like one turn <laughs> if if the if the RNG is not in your favor. <laughs> it's so, like, like the major stopping point in that game is when most people get to Matador. Oh yes, that yeah that guy he he he's pretty damn rough. But you know if you know what you're doing and you have yeah. the right demons to actually. You, if you, you know. can, if you can debuff his his, uh, I think it's Red Capote. Yeah. Uh, if you can uh, just debuff that, you're good to go. Other than that, he can't really do much to you. It's just th- when he boosts his like ability to hit you and your inability to hit him, <laughs> that it's becomes a, a big yeah. problem. No, oh, yes, that it does, and not to mention, I I think he starts using like um, you know, like all four spells if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. During that time as well, so that's another thing. Cool. So, anything else you into? I'm actually. I'm also looking forward to um, Fire Emblem Fates. The that Me? new Fire Emblem that's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to you know head rubbing a whole bunch of people to earn their loyalty and shit. <laughs> 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 Japanese games got extra weird lately yeah. with all the touchy stuff. Like, uh. yeah, I was like, "What the hell?" I, I always thought that was weird as hell that they that they went down that route. I'm like, "Damn!" Yeah, because like Fire Emblem has been a pretty classy series up until, hey, here's weird head rubbing stuff and weird gender politics things going on, yeah. weird sexuality things going on. I was like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, I, I. I I swear, I I think it was like um, I swear I would I would really blame it on like on Awakening. I mean it it helped it helped to save the series, but it also introduced a whole bunch of like weirdo shit. Yeah. Like, well, everyone was <laughs> yeah. really into that game because you could make them kiss and marry and have yeah. babies, and then make those babies fight. One word, yeah. but that's what I that's what got Anna interested in it enough to pick it up. So hey. <laughs> They had waifus. I mean, yeah, there there was a there was a previous now game. Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> there was a previous Fire Emblem game that actually allowed you to marry and have kids as well, but um your parent characters weren't going to um survive, so what? You only, so you only played <laughs> as the so you only played as the child characters at the time. Whew. That one was um, Fire Emblem Four, to be exact. There's a, there's a very many of those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's quite a storied franchise, and you know, mine like, was the original on the Game Boy Advance. And like Awakening, kind of basically saved that series from obscurity. Mm-hmm. It it saved it, but it also kind of you know threw in a whole bunch of you know fan servicey stuff. Yeah, as well yeah. In the process, which I I personally didn't. Which I personally don't really mind all that much, right? But you know, it it get it kind of gets up to a point where it's kind of just like, okay, guys, you know, you're making a strategic RPG here, right? <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, where did the strategy RPG go? And you've turned this into a dating sim. So turn this into a head rubbing sim. There you say. go. <laughs> <laughs> I've only well, I've they only already had that mini game in Pokemon X and Y where you can. 
pat all the Pokemon and raise their friendship. We're just reusing code bases, so, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. It just seems like ever since the DS and now the Vita and the 3DS, like, so many Japanese games have, have touching mini games. Like, even one of the Neptunia games does it, and it's just like, no. Why are we such feeling stuff? <laughs> but, um, I think we went over this earlier. VRs aren't even out yet. You can't even touchy-feely anyone. Not yet. Not yet. You can get your touchy-feely on later this year. I really want to play Fire Emblem Awakening and just have all my favorite characters get married and have babies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, 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 I'm the it audience there. There's a strategy RPG in there somewhere. I'm sure it's great, but... <laughs> Awakening, Awakening actually isn't that bad of a game, but the issue is that the issue was with Awakening is that some of the map is that a lot of the maps are kind of really plain Jane. Basically, they're not they're not mm-hmm. really all that interesting. Mm-hmm. And another thing is that their objectives are are usually you know really dull. Nah, like you basically just go in there. It's either I, I have to defend it. It's either I have to defend this drone or I have to kill all the units on the map. It's really boring. <laughs> Just very straightforward stuff when that series is pretty much known for having really unique objectives and things like that for its map designs and stuff. Yeah, like Fire Emblem um, Path of um, Path, Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn had yeah. you know interesting objectives. They they also had like interesting maps. Like I I still remember that one from Radiant Dawn in which you played as the um you played as the queen during that time mm-hmm. and you were basically fighting off all these rebels and like the rebels like pretty much outnumbered the living fuck out of all your units and stuff like that and you mm-hmm. pretty much had the and if you wanted to actually defeat the boss at that time you had to move really strategically to you know basically beat the living hell out of that and the boss himself was no pushover either right right yeah cool cool uh so wow you've been into a lot (laughs) i'm always i always kind of try and dabble myself into a lot of stuff it's um i i try to dabble myself into a into a wide variety of um of of games i've always been you know that person that plays you know action games like devil may cry or you know an rts game like you know command and conquer or um or you know just you know rpgs like you know lost odyssey blue dragon you know just kind of keeping a finger in all the pies because you can never really be bored that way (laughs) oh yeah basically well in a in a way sort of i i still get you know, bored every so often, I kind of think to myself, when is the next, um, when is the next, you know, uh, like action game in the same vein of like Devil May Cry going to come out or something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, at least, at least you're not playing PSO2. <laughs> I have not played PSO2 in a, in like about, like, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> Episode four, real soon. I know. You're going to Earth now. Oh, God. That shit looks so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So I guess if that's all you've been into, we can move on unless you want to bring up something else. 
Oh, I was going to say, um, I was also going to say, I'm, I'm also heavily looking forward to, um, XCOM 2 as well. Uh, well, yeah, XCOM 2, that definitely looks really good. I've been watching, uh, Northern Lion got an early preview build that contains, like, the first three months of the game, and that game looks really freaking good. Oh, yeah. I, I seriously want to go out there and just, like, pre-order it right away. Yeah, honestly. yeah. <laughs> and I would, but I've got so much stuff in my backlog that I have no reason to be buying games at all right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, XCOM, XCOM 2 is going to be the shit, though. That game looks really fucking good. Cool. So, uh, I guess uh, we'll move on then. Cool. Yep. Uh, Rhett! Hi. What you been doing? <laughs> I've been playing PSO2, unlike somebody else. <laughs> 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 I also watched the first episode of the PSO2 anime. <laughs> I hear it's really good. It's really terrible. Does it make like, SAO look like look like Well I haven't watched that so never but it's yeah don't don't ever watch yeah, it. I've I've heard enough bad about that. But like it felt like a really bad awkward infomercial basically. <laughs> where it's just like I'm Japanese high school boy going to Japanese high school and then the school like student council president is like hey have you heard of this game? Fantasy Star Online 2? Oh you should play God. Fantasy Star Online 2. Oh my <laughs> God! <laughs> it's the worst! Fantasy Star any... Online 2? What's that? Well, I'll explain it to you. It's the RPG that greets you with Nice to meet ya. It's, it's really bad. Tell me they actually <laughs> say that. That's, they, that's the catchphrase. That? Oh yeah. my God. And then there's another scene where two guys are like, Oh yeah, I fell asleep with Auto Run on last night. I'm like, oh, that's great. Make your game <laughs> put people Make, to sleep in the show. Even do a good commercial. So then at the end, he logs in, and <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like, if you actually break down what happens into this ep- in this episode, he joins an emergency mission, kills one Brita, and then quits. That's basically the PSO experience. Because <laughs> there's like a five minute fight against a single enemy. And they're trying to be all dramatic, and it just doesn't work when you've actually played the game. It's like, dude, you just you hit him in the back, and yeah, it's like, like super Frida easy. is not that difficult. <laughs> and it, like charging at him, and he like fires a laser from his gun slash. It's it's so bad. Oh my god! You know what? You know what they need more of in that show. What? Showing off. They need to show off all the fancy outfits you can get there in there. There you go. That's all you <laughs> yeah. need to do. It's just like, hey, you want to dress your character up like Madoka Magica? We got that. <laughs> Having on the it's, guys too in the process. It's so weird. There's so many crossover stuff now that just st- sticks around forever. So yeah, there's like Monica costumes. There's Fate Stay Night costumes. I think there's some Attack on Titan stuff as well. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're so right. many different animes. There's like a room layout that has like a giant Titan in the background. <laughs> there's, there's so many weird. It's so weird. So that that's still a game, and that good lord, that game got fucking weird. I think PSO two feels like they have realized the vision that they had from PSU. Yeah, like, like the vision that they very terribly tried to capitalize on yeah. with PSU, they've I think fully realized here. Yeah, 
God, don't. <laughs> oh God, PSU. That game gives me yeah. all sorts of memories and stuff. I played on the Xbox 360, which was the, the extra special version of <laughs> of people being some of the most psychotic individuals on there. You, know, you got to hear. About... You got to hear a lot about hard nipples. I understand. Yes, I did. Hard nipples. What? Um. Porno cops. Oh. <laughs> Were you and on the trial version? That, there's, there was like a free demo that was just like infested with like thirteen year olds or something. I I played the thir- I played the um the demo before the game yeah. came out, and sometimes I played the demo when they were <laughs> off like these um these like special little room decorations. And stuff, and that's when I ran into the whole, you know, porno cop shit and all that yeah. stuff. And um, I also encountered some people that were apparently that were practicing child abuse too. Oh that was, God, that, that was totally a thing too. <sighs> yeah, people. Yeah, this guy was like, you know, we were. Run, I was running a mission with this one guy, and he was like, "God, man, my child can't be worth shit." Like, we were like, "What the fuck?" Wow. Wow. Yeah, and like sometimes in the background, like you know, I would be hearing like some slaps and shit. I'm like, oh, I was like, wow, what in the hell is going on with this guy? Uh, Hell's going this... on with a couple. So moving on, I can't come back. Yeah. From that. Uh, I released a game this week. Yes, uh, did you? Called Bullet Phase. Sounds it's real good. Sounds dumb. <laughs> Yes, I it's... never heard of that. Well, because I made it, which means nobody's played it, basically, except for <laughs> oh, John. Shit. I had a few people on YouTube. <laughs> oh snap! Yeah, yeah. So... There's some. It's really popular in Germany <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> well, like, so this one guy LP that he has like half a million subscribers, and he's oh. German. And <laughs> I showed my dad that video, and he's just like, "Your game's being played by somebody in Germany? <laughs> like, that's amazing." Aww. He was really impressed. You're world famous. Yeah. And you can't say nobody. I fucking played it. I haven't completed it, but I've played it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll so next week. At some point. <laughs> try to finish it by the next podcast, and then I can add it to the thing again. Okay. Oh yeah, that German guy has 73,000 views on that video. <laughs> That's probably more than the game has gotten in total. But so, what's, so, what's bullet, so what's bullet phase, right? Oh, we talk about it's a platformer where you press down to switch between red and blue, and objects and bullets will correspond, and you can walk through stuff that's the opposite color. And it's, it's really, like really stuff. hard. Yeah, it's, it's like that one shmup game. Oh yeah, Rayforce. it's. it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> it basically God. started as an Ikaruga thing where originally it, start, it started made... as an Outland fan game. <laughs> oh, God. I still haven't played that. <laughs> I need to play more shmups at some point, honestly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ikaruga's pretty good. Ikaruga's good. Uh, mm-hmm. Crimson Clover, super awesome. Mm-hmm. Need to play it. You can play Jamestown since that's what's inspired this one. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where John was going with that. Okay. He's just being a dick. <laughs> but, uh,. Watching LPs of my game on YouTube has been really enlightening because I didn't think it was this hard. 
Man, I but, think people are really just overplaying it, though. Like, there were a couple true. that I saw that was just like, oh, come on, that is the not one, that hard. The one kid, maybe he was, because he got mad on literally, like, this first level. And it's like, like, there's nothing to be mad at on the first level. Give me a break. But, like, just in general, like, people, like, quitting by, like, before level 10 and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. it was funny, for a oh. while it was like, <laughs> This guy quit at level seven. Then this guy quit at level six. This guy quit at level five. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I know, like, Jeff Gersman has talked about when he makes a Mario Maker level and he thinks it's easy, he gets, like, a clear percentage of, like, 20%. It's like, God, people are just terrible at platformers or something. Mm-hmm. It's just, so, it's, yeah. a, it's a Dark Souls of shmups, man. There you go. Yeah. You've created the Dark Souls of platformers. <laughs> I mean, it, it gets pretty tricky by the end. I yeah i think it's pretty hard dog but... i got to level 17 and was stuck for a day <laughs> i was that's stuck for thing. like 20 minutes which is still a lot for like a game with 50 levels it's not quite 50 but no no you're right it's like 30 something is 17 like the laser one mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah. i got yeah, stuck on that's... that one too that's definitely one of the first real like kick you in the teeth ones yeah i was stuck there for a day and i kept rage quitting <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the buddy on that one is fun. Oh, don't even. Because you have to rush. <laughs> yep. But it, yeah, it's just weird watching these LPs. It's like these levels aren't even trying to kill you. Like these are the ones I just did as like a trivial, like fun play around, learn mm. the mechanics things. And it's like they're levels like, where if you stay still, like you won't die. Yeah. Because nothing's like actively out to get you. Mm-hmm. And, like they still die. I'm like these are like my Mario sixty four play wandering around the in front of the castle levels. I mean, dark, not, not quite. Dark that Souls easy, of platformers, yeah. man. No, I know. So <laughs> Dark Souls of platformers, man. I mean, what what do you expect? That it's like you're asking like modern gamers to do more than press like more than one button at a time. You're asking way too much. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't give them waypoints or checkpoints, dude. You? you have to walk and then jump at the same time. Whoa. You gotta make sure you gotta make sure the sequence is you know scripted enough too. Yeah. Play the script. <laughs> Where's quick time could, events? Yeah, I should do. I could do interesting things with the sequel to this that just played off the reaction where it's like, as soon as a bullet comes near you, like zooms in and does a QTE, and then you twist through it. Like, yeah, you're the best. <laughs> just you automatically get the option to like quickly change the color. That's yeah. the only QTE Bull- you need. It's just like there, press down. Bullet time, yeah. Literal bullet time. There you go. <laughs> I remember. So this is a sequel to another game I made called Bullet Maze, and I remember on that one I actually tried to, like, basically write an AI for it that would try to beat the levels themselves. Mm-hmm. Like every time it saw a bullet near it, it would change color, and I, I think it was able to beat one of the levels, but I never got too far on it. Mm. It'd be funny to try that again because this think- one's not. <laughs> That would be just entirely like an, a whole new level, given that a platformer has so many more variables to account for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't really work, but it'd be funny. So everybody should play yeah. Bullet Phase, though. It's it's a really fantastic game. It's got a really yeah. nice cohesive vision. And the, the way that it switches up the level variety, like the, the amount of obstacles that are in this thing that keep everything fresh and interesting, it's just really awesome. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, really I love like, I really love how the level design works in that game. Yeah, it's very brief. Like it gets to the point. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's like one real obstacle in each level, mm-hmm. in a sense. It's like everything is just kind of iterate, is like this one idea. And like there's this V of bullets of two different colors and three springs on the bottom and they get closer together. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, that. Oh, that one drives me nuts on the LPs, though, because nobody can do it. Like, that's the first Mm -hmm. real huge hurdle. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's one of the first skills in the game that's actually really hard to learn, I think, though. Like, I had I had difficulty getting the timing right, like, because my brain Mm -hmm. would just automatically want to keep pressing the change button at the wrong Mm -hmm. time. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to get yourself out of that habit. Mm hmm. It's kind of nice to have that kind of heart, sort of a harsh lesson up front mm-hmm. so that when you're moving forward, it's like, okay, now I know. Yeah, and then yeah. you have, like, the one that scrolls later, like, with the springs on the platform above the green goop. Oh, Lord, that one. Woo! That one's, that one. Woo-hoo! And it just keeps going, and it never, that's like, come on, oh. there's an end here, right? Oh. You just gotta, you hold right. It's easy. Yeah, totally. Oh. Just press <laughs> the button at the right moment. Yeah, and I just, like, my brain is just like, no, press the button now. No, that's when I'm going to die, brain. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, I pressed it anyway. I've said over and over that every level is like learning to play Flappy Bird for the first time. That's which I not think is, wrong. I think that's actually a pretty succinct way to say it. Absolutely. Which is the fun part, is when you're, is when you're figuring out this weird kind of not in sync with what your brain quite naturally wants to do. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of get into this rhythm and then you get to the next level and it's something new and it just keeps kind of going like that until the really cool end. Cool. Yeah. I just did not think this game was nearly as hard as it actually is for people. Like mm-hmm. I intended for it to be beaten kind of like super Zelixer, mm-hmm. but that doesn't seem to have been the case. Mm-hmm. Even though the very first video that went up on YouTube was a okay. full, 32-level end-ending playthrough, and then John had beaten it. So, like, the first two people that played it beat it, and then after that, nobody else. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I wonder if anybody has actually done the the special levels yet. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. I, <laughs> I think I... Should I actually think? I think I beat the first one, and then I was like, yeah. okay, gonna take a, take a breather here. <laughs> Forever. That, oh, I should do a oh. video of that, because... Absolutely. <laughs> There's the one level towards the end, I think it's 30, that's like the parabola, or like oh. the DNA sequence on the green background, oh, and there's ugh. three platforms. That's the only one I didn't get the friend on. That's yeah. The, which is there's great, because you had custom ending dialogue for when you just miss one person. There's So that, I mentioned on Twitter a while ago, like, I'm doing a thing in Bullet Maze right now that nobody is ever going to see, and that was... There's literally a dialogue for every single number of friends that you rescue. What? Oh yeah, it changes. No. So if you rescue no one, it says, like, you're not very friendly, are you? <laughs> but nobody like came. <laughs> Congratulations, you're not very friendly, are you? Because <laughs> there's one, there's a couple levels early on where it looks like you have to get the friend, but there's actually ways around them. <laughs> anybody actually wants to try funny i got the zero percent run world record (laughs) oh yeah newgrounds a lot of people are doing zero percent they start and then quit on the first level yeah (laughs) well that's certainly a way to get zero percent on it yeah so the thing i was saying though john about that one level you didn't get the friend on Yep. There's a harder version of that in oh. the bonus stages where there's two parabolas at the same time. 
there's a high one and a low one, and it's really fucked. <laughs> well, once I got, I actually figured it out pretty well where I could get through the parabola level, like yeah. pretty consistently. But getting the friend, I just when I <laughs> saw, when the platform like started moving down, I was just like, okay. We're done here. And then I came back like a half hour later and tried it for another 20 minutes. And then I was like, okay, where I can't even like conceptualize. All right, how do I beat this? <laughs> you have to like get to the end and then write it all the way up and then write it all the way down. And then like as it's coming down, just very quickly, jump, jump. Jeez. It's you. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was really evil on this one level. There's a friend there. He's like, help me. And then you jump on the platform and rescue him. And the platform just drops. So you have to have an escape route planned. <laughs> yeah, my ending my ending was um nobody left behind except for that one that you left behind. <laughs> that's to be fair, that's probably the best line I wrote out of all thirty two. It's really good. So yeah, that's a thing I did. That's bullet really man. You have a really impressive body of work. A an impressive yeah. ludography, you could say. <laughs> yeah, I was. I went back and replayed Super Zalixer, and it was just mm-hmm. like, I made this. I'm awesome. <laughs> I, I hadn't played it for a year or two. I'm just like, holy shit, this is really good. Yeah, that's still probably my favorite. Yeah. God. Yeah. You have a really good games. It's Thank really you. impressive. Like, I think I tweeted. I, I may have tweeted just like. A picture of all of your games under the thing. I just like, look at all this shit. I should make fake box arts or something. Put go. them on a shelf. Mm. Go for it. Mm. God. I, I want to do like a video on like the making of Bullet Face because I was going through like the old files and just like all these temp levels that didn't make it into the game that are just like, here's like seven boxes you can push around and just dumb shit like that. Huh? But then did someone stuff- re- did someone really say that? Oh, it's one of those games someone put together in 48 hours. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, this is pretty good for one of them 48-hour games. Someone's like, no. (laughs) You should always respond with like, yo, man, I made the Dark Souls of platformers, man. Get off my face. (laughs) (laughs) And particularly end it with get off my face. He's made the the, um, Dark Souls of platformers, the Dark Souls of shmups, and the Dark Souls of clicker games. There you go. Hmm. I don't know about Dark Souls of Clicker games. <laughs> Done it all. <laughs> it's closer than most Clicker games. Yeah. But yeah, I was looking through old files and it's just like, here's a bunch of levels that didn't make it in the game. And then here's some that actually did kind of just get reworked in because they were just fun to play around with. Like the big red and blue block ones. I was just like, I can't not put those in. They're funny. Yeah. So some of that stuff definitely kept the variety up. Yeah. Until it just became like, okay, like here's a billion bullets, fuck you. <laughs> I think I um I started in three two again, but then had to stop. Ah, so I'm gonna go ahead and play that one and kind of I don't believe you. <laughs> get caught no, I'm gonna play it and then I'll be kind of, mostly caught up since I think I Yeah. The earlier games are much rougher. Like in three yeah. one. In three one is like not really Ooh. worth I mean, that one's a hard one to love. Three is basically a remake of that. Yeah, like it has like very similar end bosses and stuff. Gotcha. Because I I really love in three one in three three, and um I really enjoyed playing Adventures of Mike Ben too. 
Yeah, the the initial release of that one was fucking garbage, but I fixed it. You got mm-hmm. mad at everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh no, he was very <laughs> angry when Mike. Because well, made... I made the game and nobody played. Nobody was like doing anything. Nobody it's... was praising you to high heaven yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm... Was... And I'm the never... jump controls were terrible. Yeah, it controlled terribly. That's the thing. Like. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I was wrong, like very obviously. Mm-hmm. But I'm super bad at taking criticism. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And even even with Bullet Face, it's just like I know what this game is, and it's trying to be that, and I think it's doing that perfectly. So I can't take criticism on it. <laughs> like I won't listen to anything. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, I think with Mike Man Two, I don't think it's actually. I don't think like platforming is really fun to play. It's just that I think it's really, really funny. <laughs> I think it's just like yeah, it was I think it's trying a, to be a silly Mike Man adventure. Yeah, yeah, and I think it platform. really succeeds at just being fucking hilarious in like <laughs> an intentional way. I'm trying to think what other early games I have. I guess I, what was between in three, one, and two? I could look on my site, but maybe I'm I'm looking at them right now. There's Mike Man Dash. There's We Are Golden. Those in three after in three two. Yeah, those are all uh, recent. Wade versus the Star Syndicate. I haven't played that. I mean, that's like you'd probably like that. That's more of a high score game. Mm-hmm. Cool. That that one was super weird because it got like best of the game of the month on Newgrounds, and I got really? like an award certificate and everything, and like a whole prize package. It was awesome. <laughs> Polly's awesome fart gun adventure. The awesome adventures of Polly. Doof yes. kick. Yeah, that's all super recent stuff. Well, not super recent, but. Like, I definitely kind of consider my games as, like, having eras of, like, the early stuff, then the Project in, like, the early Project N3 era, then Project N3 2, and then Project N3 3, then Hunters, mm-hmm. and then So did Bullet, phase, did Bullet Phase development begin or end, did it begin before or after I released my Ikaruga platformer game? I think I had started it before <sighs> you had <laughs> and then you did your thing, and I'm like, oh, fuck, red and blue, really? <laughs> put that that's, together. And that's put it together. Long... Yeah, I was looking Three at weeks. like end of 2012 was around when I started messing with this. Okay, because that was in May 2013. Yeah. So I got a couple. Yeah. That, that game yeah, was, that was funny, though. Rough and that, hard. Your game is also really hard, but it's also only for like four screens. True. Oh my god. So that's really nice to make a game and release it and then have people say nice things about it, even though it was way too, too fucking hard. <laughs> I went back, back and tweaked. There's a couple things where you had to jump where you had to jump and shift and then shift again because you had to jump up through blocks that were the same color. And I just alternated the colors so that it was really easy <laughs> for those little sections. Yeah, I kind of so bullet phase for some reason is still on the Newgrounds front page. Wow. Like, it's been up there for over a week, and it actually moved position today, which almost, like, implies it's just going to be up there for, like, a long time. Mm-hmm. So I might go in and make a few tweaks, because a few people have been saying it's, like, really laggy. And I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, I didn't do the usual thing where I make everything a PNG image. Like, it's just all flash. And mm-hmm. when you're moving, like, 200 bullets around, oh, that might be laggy for people. <laughs> Whoops. You should just tell them. You should just tell them it's a phase. You'll get it fixed soon. <laughs> it's frustrating though because it's like so many people said it's laggy for them, and then I just looked at my CPU usage and it's like at thirty percent. I'm like, I don't know, it runs fine for me. 
So it's, it's <laughs> the programmer's no. mantra. <laughs> hmm? Programmer's mantra. It works on my machine. Well, yeah. How am I supposed to test it if it doesn't have mm. errors? That's the problem. Like, <laughs> so if I change anything, it's like, well, I don't know, actually know if this is better or not. Mm. But yeah, and a lot of my previous stuff, like I would convert like every all the vector art into just static images because that runs way better because Flash is actually really bad at vector art, which is the one thing it's designed for. Joy. Yeah. Yeah, really? It's just right there on the front page. Well, that sounds like a kind of tedious, long process of busy work, but you've been doing a lot of that when you converted like all of your movies to YouTube and whatnot. Yeah. You're really good at that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, because this game was like, kicking around for like three years or something i was just like i want this out and done and i'm not gonna do like everything i could but it's mm. it's a bummer seeing pe a lot of people say like it runs like shit on google chrome oh, for some oh. reason like you what? press one direction and it, he just keeps walking without for mm. like six seconds like uh flash yeah. sucks i should use something else besides flash Absolutely. yeah was this your was this is this your um senior effort in flash i mean pretty so that's the thing i want to do like a big like making of and just like go into why i have to move on from flash after this because i have done literally everything i can with flash for now <laughs> because like yeah. I, I did mean, most people would say that sat that after hunters which was just like this huge amazing yeah. thing but then you made Super Zalixer, and you made Polyclicker, and you made Bullet Phase, which are all, yeah. and Bullet Maze, which are all just great mm -hmm. games. Yeah, in terms of, like, content scope, obviously, Hunters is probably never going to be topped for a single thing I make. That's but... probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of, like, your just sanity. under the hood tech, like, Bullet Phase is way more advanced than anything else I've done, but it's also, like, I've hit the limit here, like... It has the smooth scrolling. It has, like, an actual tile-based level editor. And it's just, like, I I can't anymore. Like, there's nowhere else to go. I've pushed Flash 4 to this. Maybe further than anyone. But oh, like... I would be really scared if somebody else was using Flash 4 still. Yeah. And then, like, I even added how, like, the bullets, when you change color, like, they all change with you now. Like, there's so much stuff going on. Mm -hmm. But, Yeah. This was supposed to be the Flash song, Swan Song, and I guess it still is, but then I made Polyclicker in the middle of it. <laughs> so I can't not, I can't say I won't ever just make, be like, I want to make a Poly game real quick, like mm -hmm. for April Fool's or Polly's birthday or something. Because yeah. Doof, Doof Kick was another thing. I was just like, in one day, I'm like, I'm going to make something real quick. And then he spent like three months on Polyclicker and made it a legit, really cool 45-minute RPG. Yeah, Polyclicker turned out way better than it should have. <laughs> cool. So yeah, that's, that's Flash and stuff. And play bullet I think you're really inspirational and cool. Aw. Uh, so I played some video games made by people, not me. Whoa! You do yeah. that? Weird, right? Aside from PSO2, I, that is. I played PSO2. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we're reaching, we're, re we're starting to reach Monster Hunter levels of banned on this podcast. Oh, no, I better stop. <laughs> uh, I resumed my Xenoblade Chronicles file. Wait, you didn't talk about room decorating in PSO2? No, we're skipping that. Okay, okay. Because that's not interesting. Because that's the one thing about that I'm interested in, really. <laughs> All right. 
Yeah, you can have a room and decorate it, and it's like Animal Crossing, but in a good game. <laughs> uh, I resumed my Xenoblade save, so I am determined to beat that game eventually. You will? I think that's a game, nope. The part I'm at, there's a lot of combat, mm. and it just felt like, boy, this side quest you're sending me on sure seems like filler, where it's like, <laughs> we need to go to this castle. But first, we have to hit these two switches to open the gate. I'm like, oh, oh, I know where you're at. No. Oh, uh, so <laughs> you got that far. You have Melia and mm-hmm. what's this? Ricky. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so that part is definitely the momentum feels like it's slowing down. A yeah. Yeah. It's that de- it definitely starts settling into a very familiar pace. Uh, that's honestly, I kind of. Honestly, I kind of felt that way when I was doing all those side quests, truth be told. Don't do those side quests. If you're going to burn out on Xenoblade, that's a quick way to burn out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did a great majority of them, believe it or not. And after that, like, I found the rest of the game to be, like, laughably easy. As yeah. it was. I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's no fun. Yeah, the number of quests is just completely 480. absurd. 480. Like, you just go into towns. Like, there's that the high-tech city, and you just talk to people, and they're like, I need you to kill this, I need you to kill that, here's this, I lost an amulet over here, uh, can you find my toilet? It's just like, you get, like, 30 <laughs> quests from people, and it's just like, what? And uh, none, of the, none of them are interesting. It's always like, kill these monsters, or get these drops, or like, here, I lost something, can you find it? So there's just a random <laughs> red icon on the ground somewhere else for no reason. Yeah, it's the most You just stumble basic. into that. It's the most basic of MMO nonsense. Yeah. It it's the reason why I've always felt to myself like like Xenoblade Chronicles is a good game, but yeah. it is a good game, but it's so overloaded with a bunch of filler stuff that it makes it like instantly that it makes it kind of like uninteresting after a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just ignore the side quests. I think I kind of burned out earlier because I was trying to do the like the village you can repair. I forget what that one is. Yeah. I forget what the name was, but like getting the items for that would would require like grinding in earlier zones. And I'm just like, this is boring. I can't do this. So yeah, I'm approaching prison Island right now. Uh, You're, you're, you're homing in on something resembling a conclusion. Yeah. I feel like something cool is going to happen because I'm at the top of the Bionis finally. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I still really like how you can just look down and see the whole world. Yeah. That yeah, whole sea cool. area at the top is so pretty. And oh, really yeah. Neat. Like certain certain parts of Xenoblade are really, really beautiful to look at. Yeah. Uh, and then I played Wolfenstein The New Order. Mm. That's the shooter from, I think it's 2014. Yeah. Oh, then, yeah, yeah. So this is the full game. I played the... DLC mini expansion, The Old Blood, last year. Yeah. Before. So I played that first, even though that's actually the game really second. Uh, they're very different, though. Yeah. In a oh, way yeah. I wasn't expecting. Where when you hear they're making a new Wolfenstein game, like The Old Blood was much closer to what you'd expect that to be, where it's just several hours of shooting dudes, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And The New Order really really cares about its story and characters absolutely it's oh, yeah, crazy it yeah it, it it's actually not a bad story but it's still kind of like 
it, it's like really unexpected that they would try yeah. to make you have all these like feels and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it was mm-hmm. weird, and I kind of felt it got distracting, like kind of in the way of the gameplay at times, where it's just like, okay, here's your home base, and now we wander around and look for this envelope of our next mission plans and like talk to all these people i'm just like i just want to shoot people please (laughs) like there's one part where like a thing gets hidden in the wall and you have to do figure out like a puzzle from contextual clues that people are telling you and i'm like i don't want to do this in a wolfenstein game like what the fuck i just want to shoot zombies (laughs) bj you know bj is developed he's like an actual person in this he's a an okay character yeah he really hates nazis though (laughs) And there's some, some of the like uh, when you sneak up on a guy and kill him with like the stealth kill. Mm-hmm. Some of those are fucked up. So wait a minute, <laughs> Rhett. Are you saying that you don't really hate Nazis? I mean, I you, really you sounds like, it's, it sounds like you're trying to uh, throw some shade at Mister Blaskowitz for hating Nazis. Are you saying that uh, you might not uh, hate Nazis so much? Is that no, what you're I, saying, Rhett? Okay. There's a part where you go and you like sneak into a facility or something and you're in a bathroom and you hear a guy pissing mm-hmm. and you can walk up to him, stealth kill him and shove his head in the toilet and like step oh. on him and then flush it. I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck? I would absolutely do that to a Nazi though. <laughs> Are you saying you wouldn't, Rhett? Are you saying you're not patriotic? I mean, I'd kill him, but do you have to rub their face and piss? Like, Yes. <laughs> And the other stealth kill I really loved was there's just a guy in a bunk bed and it's just like a total, you just walk up to him and, and stab him like from the bottom. <laughs> and, and BJ goes, wake up, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that's the best line I've heard in a game since that's people you're breathing in Bionic Commando. <laughs> wake up, you're dead. Like, it's this weird, it's weirdly out of place in a game that tries to humanize him as like a sympathetic kind of guy. I uh, know that line reminded me of that one line from, um, from rush hour one. Like, uh, I forgot when like, uh, like, like when Chris Tucker's character, like killed off that one dude, that one villain, he was like, clean yourself up, man. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's really silly. <laughs> I mean, it was really silly. I mean, <laughs> it was silly, but it, that line reminds me directly of that. Yeah. Of that mm-hmm. line. Oh, that's funny. So the thing that was really weird to me is that the new or the old blood was like kind of a half-life thing where it's, it was almost like one single shot. Yeah. Where like you just go from level to level and they're all connected. And the new order like scene jumps like crazy. Mm. Where like now you're in an underwater level and then you're in like ancient alien hieroglyphics or whatever. <laughs> And now you're on a bridge in London, and then you rescue these, you liberate these codes or whatever, and now you're on the fucking moon. Yeah, there's a it it jumps around a lot, and it's. I really liked how the old blood like flowed from mission to mission, like it it was really focused on like you're assaulting the castle and then you're escaping the castle. I really dig the whole thing. Yeah, I I think I think the old blood was trying to channel a lot of the um, a lot of the older Wolfenstein games. Yeah, like the like the ones before um, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, in which 
you you were basically like going through you know a consistent you know area this entire mm. time, and while you're just kind of climbing up or you know you're climbing up to that up to the point where you're basically facing off against like Mecha Hitler and stuff like that, <laughs> and um and, and you're basically ju- and it basically just you know and while the new order is more you know it's 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 its own thing basically yeah like it's trying to tell like it's trying yeah. to tell you know bj's story yeah so to speak i did like the kind of neo futuristic look of like the nazis have won the war and now it's the 60s and like kind of retro man, futurism really i guess loves the nazis like he loves their new retro look hey man he's just all about nazis <laughs> 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 But then I felt like they didn't really capitalize on that art style that much. Because mm. then it's like, now you're on the moon, now you're in a prison. It's like It jumps around so much, it's kind of weird. And then there's this one tease that it really bummed me out where uh, you were on a train. And I'm like, alright, train levels are cool, just like Uncharted 2. And then you don't kill anybody on this train. You have huh. a cutscene where you sit down and talk to two Nazis to introduce them as villains, and then it just ends. And you arrive in Berlin. I'm just Aww. like, what? I wanted to kill them. Aww. Oh, like, yeah. That, you mean that one sequence where the uh, where that where that Nazi lady was like, yeah, she's like staring you, at she, you. She was like, she was asking you these like questions and stuff like that, showing you these pictures and shit. Yeah, that sounds very unWolfenstein. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Yeah, it, it was. It was definitely trying. I think the the new order was basically trying to channel some like inglorious bastards or something like that in it. Weird. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, I do see that. There were definitely times where it's just like, I want more shooting. So maybe I'll just play the old blood again. Mm -hmm. Just get what I want. Mm. But, uh, is that a game really cool? Cause it sounds kind of really cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty short too, though. Like I looked on steam. I can appreciate that. I have, I have four hours of time on this. Oh, if you like the other thing, people a lot, you'll love it. The other thing about the old blood is like the second half is zombies, and somehow they made zombies not fun. Oh, in, oh, in, yeah. a, in <laughs> a game with a really good body destruction system. Oh, where like people when you when you shoot somebody in the head in these games, they won't have a head anymore, <laughs> and it's <laughs> fucked up. Honestly, I, I always thought that I always thought the shift to to like zombies in the in the in the Wolfenstein games was always kind of was yeah. always kind of weird. Yeah. Truth be told, oh. yeah. Is that I true actually... in the original games too? I think I think it was. A, I, I'm pretty sure that was it was a it was a it was a big thing in in Return to Castle Wolfenstein yeah. that there was uh, zombies in that one. But I think I, I'm trying to remember if there was like zombies in the. In the much older ones, I, I, think. I don't all, think there were. All I think about when I hear Wolfenstein is I think about Wolfenstein 3D because that's the one that is kind of important. And it's the one I'm had on my radar the most. Get not, psyched! Not because oh, yeah. not because I think that the, all these other games are dumb. It's just that's the one that has been on my radar. Right. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of my bench. That's kind of what pops into my head when you talk about Wolfenstein. Yeah, I I, I tend to. I remembered, um, you know, I I actually did play through Wolfenstein 3D. That was one of my, that was one of the shoes I played through. But Return to Castle Wolfenstein was one of my, that was game one of my favorite shoes. It was awesome. That game is yeah. fantastic. It That's was one cool. of my favorite, it was one of my favorite shoes because of the, um, the multiplayer was 
so good, honestly. It, I never cared for multiplayer in games, though, but I really like playing that game single player. Cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's really I, cool to hear. Yeah, I, I dug the multiplayer in, in Return to Castle Wolfenstein so much because you had, like, these... um. Yeah, like these four classes and stuff, and mm-hmm. they all supported each other pretty well. Like you had the soldier, the lieutenant, the engineer, and the medic. Mm-hmm. Like soldier had access to all these like to all these heavy weapons, like rocket launchers, a chain gun, and a uh, and stuff. The lieutenant could give out ammo and unleash airstrikes. Um, mm-hmm. Engineers could lay down dynamite to blow up you know structures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And medics would go around, you know, healing people and stuff like that. And they can also revive them as well. So, yeah, it was pretty damn fun. Cool. Like, 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 I felt like one of the things that I always kind of miss from, like, most multiplayer shooters that Wolfenstein did was that the the um the multiplayer maps always kind of gave you a reason for why that stuff was going down like yeah. for, like for example um you're you're on the beach and you're basically the allies trying to you know climb up this beach and take um these plans from the nazis and stuff like that and you basically have to you basically have to either blow up a, a door or a segment of a of a weakened wall in order to you know have access to that facility yeah and the and the Nazis basically have to defend those plants until the time winds down. So that's something that I've always felt that you know most other multiplayer shooters have always kind of I've never really noted. They lack context for what you're doing. Basically, yeah, like like the Battlefield games have that, but you know then the battle like the Battlefield games kind of give you like a little bit of a story. Yeah, but then inevitably it's kind of just. You go in there and you capture these fucking flags. It's like, it's like okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's the new order. Cool. I think I want to check. I, the old blood. For some reason, I had in my head that the old blood was a much older game, but that came out this last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh that's yeah. the expansion. Yeah. yeah. Neat. Cool. The one thing the I didn't o- notice. The old blood is the one that has the continuous half life thing yeah. going on. Pretty Neat. much, yeah. It's also much harder. Like you might want to put the difficulty down because I remember that there was one part where like you're on a minecart or something and guys are shooting at you and I just was just dying instantly. It's just like I can't hit anybody and I'm getting shot. Like what the fuck? And then the whole game like it felt like in the old blood like the stealth sections were a necessity because if you get out in the open you just like die instantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And or it'll the, just overwhelm the living hell yeah. out of you. Mm-hmm. So in the new order, the stealth stuff didn't feel as like essential because like it didn't really matter to me if I got exposed because I would just shoot everybody mm-hmm. and be fine. Like I died way less than that. Uh, I looked at Giant Bomb's top ten games of the year in 2014, and Wolfenstein wasn't on there. And I, one of the comments I think summed it up great. It w- said, "Wolfenstein, you were a game everybody liked but nobody loved." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's just kind of not quite something's missing from it. I felt in the end, and that's kind of disappointing. And the right. bosses are like really bad, like mm. in both games. But at least the old blood only has like one bad boss at the very end. Honestly, it's not as bad as like the it's not as bad as that weird uh, 
remake they had of Wolfenstein, I think. That was that one was on the Xbox 360. Mm. I think and it was just called Wolfenstein if oh, I yeah. remember. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's yeah. the one I heard about. Did that one wasn't really loved, right? No. Okay. No, it was not. <laughs> unfortunately. Was, that got pulled from Steam and I forget why. There's some licensing issue because it was mm-hmm. on PC but it's not on Steam any anymore. Mm-hmm. And now it's like Apparently, like, all those games are actually connected story-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, which is weird, because you just wouldn't expect Wolfenstein to ever care about the story now. And then, mm-hmm. boom, out comes the New Order, and <laughs> yeah. it's this huge focus. Yeah, it's really weird. But then, weird. also, that it's a direct sequel to the 2009 one somehow. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know yeah. how that all works. I think it's just mostly, like... It, it's basically their way of saying that, like, oh, man, you know, the Allies are like a few battles away from being defeated and stuff like that. And the only BJ mm-hmm. Blazkowicz can, you know, save them and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the reasoning for it. I think. That's a, the other really silly thing about the new order is that they take the story way seriously, but then it's also like their plans are like, okay, we're going to ram this building and we're going to have BJ go in there and kill everybody. Like mm. <laughs> it's just silly because <laughs> their plans involve just you being able to kill two hundred dudes, no problem. Yeah, pretty much. Like okay, also, his BJ. name is BJ Blaskowitz, which is a great fucking name. It is. Yeah. It Why is. Shit about that name. No, it's just funny because <laughs> it's just fun. Like you said, with the really, really taking itself seriously story. I take that name seriously. Okay. But yeah, That's... it's just like okay, you're gonna go in, free everybody, and then get you out. Like. One dude by himself. Oh, no problem. Got it. Yep. <laughs> okay, we're gonna he send you to the moon. Alone. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other game I played was Tembo the Badass Elephant. This looks awesome. This oh. game's awesome. You should play it. It definitely looks like right up my alley. But man, I I knew this and then I forgot and then I turned it on. And the Game Freak logo appears. Wow. This is a game made by the same people as Pokemon. And it's well, published now I'm by, paying attention. And it's published by Sega. And it's on PC. That's it's so, so weird. weird. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and there's a Unity logo at the start, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just Unity, Sega, Game Freak. And you're just like, what? What? What is going on? My brain. Yeah, it's just a really they made, solid. They also made Drill Dozer, right? Mm. Yeah, but that was a while ago. That was GBA. The... Yeah, that was like 2002, 2003. Yeah, it's been a while since they've done a side thing that wasn't yeah. Pokemon, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just a really solid, cute platformer. They did like a, a rhythm t- game on 3DS. It was like a rhythm platform. Oh, yeah. Harmonite, I think. Yeah, Harmonite. Okay, that was them. But yeah, this is just a really solid platformer that definitely takes a lot of cues from stuff from the old era mm. like you can do a butt stomp yeah and there's lots of peanuts strewn about the levels and they make a little plink sound when you pick <laughs> them up just like just like donkey kong country do you say peanuts or penis peanuts he's an elephant i keep you say that word and i keep hearing penis you hear a lot of i words. don't think that's on read <laughs> that's a, that's a tr- tricky word peanuts peanuts Penis. And I say See? Penis. <laughs> I... <laughs> penis. Penis. Peanuts. Okay. St- 
Yeah. Penis? <laughs> you can. This podcast is the fucking worst. Dicks. <laughs> so? Can I, can I go on? Go, <laughs> I'm just waiting go for it. To... Oh, oh my god. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's a game with a good game feel. Like, you just feel... It's just fun. Like, just dashing through stuff and just they have a good destruction system where just good like crunch. Every, yeah that's actually a great word everything very crunchy like you just run through enemies and obstacles and like they break apart in 3d and like wood chips go flying all over the screen and stuff mm-hmm. and like the main goal in each level is like there's 10 humans you can rescue and then the game actually keeps track of every single enemy mm-hmm. and they want you to kill every single enemy no oh. Which is kind of the one thing I don't like because that's the one that gates progression. Oh. And I also hate that they kind of oh. gate progression. But I've actually had a lot of fun like replaying levels and being like, okay, I'm going to get every human and every enemy in this level. And then when you do it, you're like, yeah, I know that level. Like, Because it doesn't seem like a particularly long game. Like, There's three worlds, it looks like, from the world map, and I'm at the end of the second one. Cool, cool. But And it was on sale on Steam this week, and you missed it, I think. Yeah, I probably did. Oh, but that's a cute little game. Yeah, that... it looks pretty that... rad. Yep. Cool. So that's what I've been up to. Radical. All right. Um, before I turn old John loose over there, because I know he's got he's he's got I know he's just gnawing at the bit. Old Game Boy RPGs. RPG maker RPGs. He's just he's just raring and ready to go. I figured. Before we put our audience to sleep, I'd talk about stuff first. How about that? Woo-hoo! Yay! Keep balance, keep things all um, nice and balanced out. Um, so I'm still hacking away at Trails in the Sky. Um, that game is still really fun. I think I found the best way to approach that game is to kind of approach it on a chapter-by-chapter basis. Because the more that I play it, the more its structure starts to feel like uh, kind of like arcs in an anime going forward where there are these smaller, seemingly inconsequential arcs that are peppering in these smaller details of a larger picture. And uh, I just finished chapter two this week, which uh, I think it's been the longest chapter uh, in the game. And they, like right at the end, they start dropping these really bigger hints of a much bigger thing going on and like oh this character is not exactly what she was professing to be at all oh crap things are starting to get real now um so i've started to kind of like look at that game like maybe like since i finished that chapter like maybe like i'll put it down for a week or so and then come back to (laughs) like maybe look at chapter three uh because i it kind of starts to feel a little more evenly paced that way even though like I guess the way I'm playing it wouldn't be traditionally how you'd pace yourself through an RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I'm still really enjoying it. I think that the writing is only getting stronger the more I get into it. The characters awesome. are only becoming... Awesome. The characters are becoming more and more interesting and way more likable. Like, the scenes are getting more elaborate and they're just some really cute things that happened in the <laughs> last chapter that were really awesome. There's a cultural... Oh. There's a cultural festival and it was adorable. Oh, oh. it's it's and and they like they really go all out into this like and it you think it's like it's just this thing you go to for a side job, but 
they like go all out with it and like play out the whole scene and like you're in this whole play and they script the whole thing out and like you even go through the rehearsal and everything and it's just like wow they're for for such a weird little game that 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 seems really unassuming when you look at screenshots and like when you see mm-hmm. video that looks really unassuming there's just a lot to it that you don't really like you can't glean from just those screenshots and it just it awesome. it it continues to be endlessly charming um but like but like i said i think i'm going to have to like just really pace myself through it because I think trying to tackle it all at once would be a quick way to burn out because yeah. it's throwing a lot of text at you. You're not doing a lot of things that are consequential to the storyline. Uh, the combat, like, I mean, like, like we talked about the last episode, how, you know, inessential the combat feels most of the time. Like, even when you lose, like, the game just pops up and it's like, hey, do you want to replay that fight? But the enemies are way weaker. Oh really? Oh yeah. wow. I didn't wow. know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like it doesn't really like I don't think this game really wants to kick your ass too much at all. It's really just wanting you uh to continue enjoying its its cute little story, its world and its characters. And I'm pretty fine doing that and I'll you know continue enjoying that at, at a much slower pace I think now that I've sort of found a way to not be so bothered by how slow paced it was in the beginning now that it's both starting to pick up and that I've learned how I need to pace myself through it in order to keep it enjoyable. I still need to actually, so I, still need to actually I still need to personally, you know, play through the the first trails in the sky. So that's that's what I'm playing through right now. Um, yeah. I still need I can play it on the on my Vita. I can play it on the go. Did you guys know that John has a Vita? Yay. You're probably like the only person here that has a Vita. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I technically have a Vita TV, but that thing's weird. Do you have any games for that yet? I have to download stuff. I got. Oh, that's right, right, right. The. What's his name? Jeff Mentor. Inter- yeah. T2X. Talked about that. Yeah, TXK. TXK. What? Like, it, it's, John, yeah. it's Jeff It's Mentor. fucking it's, Tempest. It's Tempest. It's literally Tempest. <laughs> I played a little more, and it's just—it's literally Tempest. Like, it's no, so wait. Weird. Have you considered that maybe it isn't Tempest? No, this one is. Like, Space Draft wasn't Tempest. This yeah, one Space is Draft Tempest. is quite literally—it is not Tempest. It is—it is a Tempest-looking game, but it has its own very unique set of mechanics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TXK really... is Tempest. Yeah, you got a super blaster. You got a jump. You got an ally, AI, and stuff comes at you, and you shoot it. Yep, it's. There's yeah, it's just even the name really invokes Tempest 2000, which is the Tempest game that he worked on. So, uh-huh. good old Jeff Mentor just loves making that same game. Also, llamas and llamas, yes, lots of llamas. He, he has a lot of so, farm animals in his game. So yeah, it sounds oh, yeah. like I may need to get back to Trails in the Sky someday. <laughs> I think you yeah. should. I think Having... you should, and I think it would definitely behoove you to take it on like a chapter by chapter basis. Just kind of. Well, that's kind of what I did because I stopped like right after finishing the prologue. Yeah, yeah. So it was chapter, like... chapter one is still a real slow burn, and it'll probably be a little rough to get through because it's a lot of the same thing that mm-hmm. was the prologue. Only there's like less really 
you know, major incidents that happen and more, hey, go fix these lights. Okay. All right. Don't worry, I already fixed the lights. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, don't worry, there's like equally like mundane tasks for you to complete uh, at the Bracer Guild. Don't worry. Yeah. It's got you but covered. Like, that quest you mentioned about like the festival and mm-hmm. like the play and stuff, is that a side quest? Can you miss that? I don't think it is, no. I think it's actually Uh-oh. part but but it's just like the way they present it is like you <clears throat> like this girl accompanies you on a on a much bigger quest. Um and since you guys are traveling the countryside and you know going on your own little adventures anyway, it's just like, well, why don't I hire you to help us with the school festival? You know, there's money in it for you and you'll get to see more of the world. So, you know, and we've got free lodging for you. So hop on over there and we'll, you know, you can be in our dumb play. It's so anime school festival. <laughs> it absolutely is. It's pre- and it's presented in the most anime way possible. But, but then they like d- defy some anime tropes in a way that I thought was really, really cool. I mentioned it on Twitter, but I won't spoil it here. I just kind of thought it was a really cute way that they addressed mm-hmm. a thing that typically gets addressed in anime, but then they were just like, eh, no big deal. Like, whatever. It's a thing people do. Who cares? So, yeah, that game, still pretty cool. Uh, and then for some reason, and I don't know why I thought to do this, because, you know, actually I should be digging my way through this torrential backlog that I have. Mm-hmm. Instead of just going back and replaying old games, but I, I went back and replayed a game that I haven't played in probably ten years. Does anybody know the game EG? I do. I think I've heard of that. I, I've heard of that game once. Is that one game in which you can choose to either you know kill a whole bunch of aliens or just let them go by or something like that? It's. I guess it's known for that. But, Which is kind of shitty because that's not yeah. the thing it's good at. Yeah, it's absolutely not the thing that it's good at at all. There's like a wait, really? Yeah, EG has a pacifist route. No, no, I did. I did the pacifist. I enjoyed it my second time through. Really? I thought I don't think the mechanics are built for it at all. It just feels really dumb. Like that game. For those who don't know, it's like it's kind of a, like an old Dossie-ish platformer, but it's mm-hmm. uh, a little more elaborate. Uh, in terms of like having a much more elaborate story, yeah. whether it's good mm-hmm. or not, I will leave that up. I think we've talked a lot of Yang about that, either via text yeah. me- or, or either via, you know, um, instant message or on Twitter or on the podcast. We've talked a lot of Yang about that mm-hmm. game. Uh, I think because I was year. kind of going, kind of going against it really hard because I was really into it for a little bit, and then kind of didn't and wrote a big long spiel about how it's the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. and then kind of seeing some of the cracks it made me be like okay actually it's just blah, 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 as a it, way to it's like when you started talking that. to people like austin howell you kind of got up your own <laughs> ass and we're like oh i'm way too smart for this dumb thing that i enjoyed mm-hmm. something like that John doesn't yes. embrace nostalgia. No. If you like something at the time, you should just like it forever. Yeah. <laughs> Unless Aww. it's Metroid Other M. <laughs> Unless it's Metroid Other M, yeah. In like, which case, you were wrong. Yeah. Probably <laughs> wrong. Yes. No one wants to talk. No one likes Metroid Other M with its pixel hunts and Sam is getting like, randomly shot in the back for no I was, reason. I was 16, please. John loved it. Like, we, like, go dig up his review on the site, man. It's oh, so boy. glowing. It's so <laughs> glowing. I was, 16, I was really pumped up for like two years. 
it, uh. But anyway, EG is this like cute little dossier-ish platformer that's got kind of a dark kind of story going on. Uh, and basically, you know, you know, you walk around and you shoot things. And that's kind of like what it's really good at. And it gives you a lot of really fun weapons, and it's got a mm. really, it's got a really cool upgrade system to where you know by the end of the game your character is really built to be using the kind of weapons that you want to use, yeah, and 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 it's just really for its time, you know, like this game was in development from what two thousand four to two thousand ten. Man, there's um, a little bit of system shock, I think. Yeah, just definitely. Into the DNA. Definitely, definitely. With, well, um, with all the hacking too. Yeah, and it's it's uh like kind of like one of the first games that I remember playing where your character just has a lot of weight. Like mm-hmm. you're really slow and tanky and chunky. And by the way, I'm I'm throwing missiles out of my face. Here you go. <laughs> uh, and it just everything feels really good. Like like it just feels really good to shoot things in that game and just to soak up damage. It's like, yeah, I don't care if you just fired a missile that threw me five screens away. I'm gonna come right back at you, fucker. Um, but you get really cool uh upgrades that like let you deflect shit like that, and that's when mm-hmm. the game starts getting really cool. Like mm-hmm. and um I really like uh replaying it again, I really dig the boss design. I think that even though there are only a few boss encounters, I think they're all done really well. They're mm-hmm. just these really smart little fights that you can't just like tank your way through. You've got to sort of find the little trick and then work within that little trick to win the fights. Um, like pulling that one into the little electric gates or <sighs> or kicking, kicking a boss so senseless and then like, oh, I'm going to hack you too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that, that fight's probably the almost a highlight there where it's the character who's been um whose backstory is like being on a planet while it's just death starred from orbit and mm-hmm. then survives mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have a boss fight with her yeah and it's it's really good fight like the final mm-hmm. boss fight is just really over the oh. top silliness that's just yeah. really great um it's really con- and man, this game, like, I really forgot how much story this game had. And, and then it's just like, not only like in the little interstitial cutscenes from like when you enter and exit a stage, but like every stage has like these little panels on the wall that you can read. And every stage has like 20 to 30 of them. And they're all like five or six pages long. <laughs> and it's like, I forgot, like, you know, the story I still don't think is all that great. It's it's serviceable. It's all right. It's not the greatest thing ever, you know, but, you know, props to the dude for writing all of that and trying to give that world, you know, because like beyond like the, you know, just the kind of palette swapped colored corridors and platforms, you don't really get a lot of context for the world. Um, so, so when you're like reading all of these logs and all of these data entries and data points about the world, it's just really kind of interesting. And it was just kind of fun to, you know, for whatever reason, I, I, like I said, I have no idea why I decided to download the game again and play it, but, um, I'm, I, I don't think that I'm as high on it as I was when it first came out because like this was sort of back when I think Indy was and it's infancy 
uh, when it's just like, oh, wow, like one person created this really cool thing that's like got this really big scope and it's like this really cool platformer and I like platformers and I'd like to make platformers, you know, like I think that I played this at about the same time like Mike Man 2 was coming out. No. Yeah. I almost think so. Yeah. Okay. I actually looked. It said this came out in 2008. Really? Because I yeah. very specifically it, remember like the, the 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 copyright dates on the game being like 2004 to 2010. Well, so there he, had to have he, update, he updated it periodically and added uh, a few more tweaks. So was the original the release years. was the original release in 2004, or is that when he started working on it? I think he started. I think he worked on it for about three or four years. Yeah, it came out in 2008 originally. Okay. okay. And then he kept on tweaking to, it yeah. into 2010. I specifically oh, okay. remember I was working on Hunters when I first played this, mm-hmm. oh. and I was and I was just like, "Wow, this is the total opposite in like every way." <laughs> yeah, it, it, it quite literally is. This game is slow. Like, it's tanky. Yeah, like 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 I didn't really start having an appreciation for characters that had weight to them until mm-hmm. Dark Souls, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And so, was... so like, I actually appreciated the way that this game felt a lot more this time around, and like how everything feels really labored and slow, and it's got like a chunk to it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Friction. Yeah, yeah. And it's still yeah. like getting flung around a room is still pretty awesome, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> There's actually like some hidden secrets that actually require you to like get hit by an enemy's missile yeah. to like fly <laughs> off screen into a door yeah. that you can only reach that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that was the really silly thing with the pacifist route was that my way through that game was to upgrade my HP a whole lot mm-hmm. and then just tank a bunch of missiles and then stand next to other enemies so that the missiles would kill those <laughs> other enemies, but it wouldn't technically count as a kill. Yeah. Man. I, I played the I played the game as the my playthrough this time was kill all motherfuckers route. Yeah, I I killed everybody. Like I wouldn't leave a stage until I'd killed everything. Mm-hmm. So that so, 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 so what you're saying is you have no soul now. I have no soul now. I feel my sins crawling up my back. <laughs> <laughs> I think the um I feel like the skin? I feel like the story makes more emotional sense in that route. Yeah, because like, her being so sad. <laughs> yeah. Her friend dies in that route, the X and Y. Because he added, there's a, he, you had to kill a few of the bosses originally in 2008. Mm-hmm. And then he added updates later on to make it so you could get out of killing every single character you came across. So this yeah. is the original Undertale. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like replaying this game again, it was just like, yeah, you know, like I know that we've talked some shit about this game but i still think that it's really cool and if you've not played eg it is free uh on the developer's website um and if you like old dos platformers and you know you want to immerse yourself in a a decent little story and some fun gameplay for a while it'll only take you what like three to four hours maybe to finish yeah it's not all that difficult um i would recommend playing it on hard though because it is pretty easy on normal Mm-hmm. Uh, like I started on normal and I was like, eh, this isn't doing it for me. So I had to like, I had to go and crank it up, like start the game over uh, and play it through on hard to you know, feel a little bit of the challenge. A few of the mm-hmm. final bosses were just like, oh yeah, I remember now. This game's really hard. 
Plus, I have a good computer now, so I'll, the the final boss isn't gonna chunk. <laughs> oh no, it chunked the fuck out. It chunked the fuck on my computer. Oh man. Yeah, All I right. think it's just. I think it's just due to, by virtue of being an old, unoptimized version of Game Maker that it was created mm-hmm. in. That it's just, uh, you know, like and it. That, it the, um, yeah. that final boss is just made up of. Oh like, yeah. And he didn't make a sprite. He made a bunch of separately drawn vector shapes yeah. on top of each other. Yeah. Which it's looks because, amazing. Uh, when yeah, it's, it's a really cool and unique look for like the characters and enemy designs. Mm. Everything else is made with sprites, but he um, did it by making Blender 3D models mm-hmm. and then flattening them. Yeah, <laughs> into a bunch of different sprites. It's it's oh. a really cool and unique look. Yep. Mm, interesting. I really, like, so- I really like Daniel Raymar's stuff. Like he made HeroCore and he made Murray. Mm-hmm. HeroCore is definitely my favorite. I um, didn't know that he made Murray. Yeah. For oh, real? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I thought I noticed. Oh. The, I thought I. Re- I thought I noticed that name, like, because like I I didn't remember the guy's name, you know, from back in the day. But yeah. I remembered like that name, and then like as soon as you said Murray, I was like, oh, oh, that's where that name was. Shit! Yeah, <laughs> Murray's badass. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah, Daniel Raymar is a really cool dude. He's one of the people that really kind of um, initially getting me interested in making games like um, Jesse Van Brooks's work with like Kuroshi, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and Reed's games. So he's. I'm looking on Steam, and he's also listed as a developer on Princess Remedy in a World of Heart. I'm yeah, not surprised. The, I'm not which surprised. Which Boner streamed. The yeah, other which day. Boner streamed. And as that yeah, is I a- saw. I remember Boner streaming that and being like, yeah, that's that game by the EG guy. <laughs> that's an adorable little game. Wow, I had no idea that he mm-hmm. had done so many games until, like, this moment. Wow, that's incredible. I would, they should just put EG on Steam. I don't know why it's not. Yeah, like, like even if he doesn't want to charge for it, mm. you know, like, yeah, like I, Prince I think of- that he said that he didn't want to put it on there because, for one, it comes from such an older version of Game Maker that, Going back and like fixing it for modern problems would probably be an issue, and he he just doesn't want to support it at that level. Here's the thing: he says on his website right now that he's working on EG 1.7 and porting it to a version of Game Maker more likely to run on modern systems. Oh, oh well, wow! Never mind. Yeah. Then. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, I mean, he can certainly put it on Steam. Then in that case, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, after all, there's plenty of like you know free to play games on on mm-hmm. Steam, mm-hmm. like games and stuff like that. I think some of the music wasn't. He didn't do all the music, so mm-hmm. that might be. a thing. Ah, uh, that might be. That might mm-hmm. be. Yeah, it, yeah. I was thinking about porting, da- putting Dance Party on Greenlight. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It'll make it. I'm sure. <laughs> It'll make it, John. I have faith in you. I'll vote <laughs> yes. I know that I would vote yes, but man. <laughs> Seeing what they're doing to that dragon cancer. Oh, God. Fucking We Know the Devil got a thing on that green light gold Twitter account. What the fuck? Yeah, all all dot text Twitter accounts basically are all garbage. Devolve into hating marginalized folks basically. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. But yeah, EG, it's pretty awesome. Uh, And I, I still enjoy it. You know, I thought that, like, with this much shit we'd, that we've talked about it over the last mm-hmm. year or so. <laughs> we haven't talked that much shit, have we? Well, I don't know. Like, I know that I've talked about it a bit via instant message with John a few times. Mm. And I've heard him uh, talk about it on Twitter at various yeah. points. That when I, thought, I played Undertale and was like, 
Undertale. <laughs> I, I was talking well, John, about the ways you played, that you played Undertale, and then it was just like, oh, well, every other game in the world goes in the garbage now. Well, yeah, <laughs> Undertale's the greatest thing ever made. I had to had to. He's not wrong. That's, and while that's true, it still needs some time for the perspective <laughs> that this came out in two thousand eight. Which is kind of another thing we can talk about later. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like EG though. I still think that I like it too. fun and definitely worth. I like. I had a great time replaying it, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, glad, you... I'm glad that I enjoyed it again because I was really kind of afraid, like maybe it wouldn't hold up. But like as soon as I started deflecting missiles and energy projectiles, I was like, nope, this game's still rad. <laughs> it, cool. It's my favorite game with a three-letter title that starts with I. <laughs> <laughs> I when see you where you're me, going with that, Red. I see when you sent me a message that was like, you know, I replayed EG and I kind of had a good time. A part of me just kind of like lit up like, maybe I can like this thing again. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can love again. <laughs> Is this you breaking free of the Austin brainwashing? I hope so. I hope but, so. But Polly. Yeah. It's like Austin is the cult and Polly is like the one thing John clings to. Yeah. But, but Polly said it was good. No, you must unlearn what she said. But Polly is always right. No, come to our side. Relish in all of our bad opinions and ideas. Play Xenogears. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. I like Xenosaga. I think Xenosaga is... I like Xenocross. <laughs> Alright, so that's EG. It's pretty cool. And then I got another weird urge, because, like, you know, okay, I've been sick this past week, so I spent a lot of time in my bed, and my, like, my 3DS is by my bed, and it was just like, hey, there's a game sitting here that I haven't played since, like, 2006, probably. And I know that we'll have a lot to talk about uh, by it, because I know that it's a, it's a subject that John likes to talk about. <laughs> I replayed the original New Super Mario Brothers for the DS. Is this something I like to talk Ooh. about? You like talking about Mario. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, Mario Maker has been really fun. Uh, okay, th- I get this. Um, and wow, this game is just as incredible as I remembered it being. Despite the fact that they've taken this series and just crammed it into the ground by completely forsaking everything about this game that was good... Uh, you know, by just overbloating it, just like taking, basically copying and pasting the exact same levels <laughs> or, or themes and just, you know, throwing them in and calling it a new game. This game is really great. And I think that this game is really great for one very specific reason in that I think that it's one of the only Mario games to focus on precision platforming and only precision platforming without giving you any kind of aids to to, to course correct Ooh. yourself. Like, this game doesn't have a feather. This game doesn't have a cape. This game doesn't have anything like a raccoon tail. And I think that that's like... Like, the series is like... When you look at those first three Mario games, like, even the raccoon tail is pretty limited in what you could do with it. But once you got the cape in Super Mario World, it just basically made the game trivial. It made all platforming seem pretty pointless. Um, and, and this game focuses almost to a frustrating degree on very precise platforming. And it's just like, you know, the only power up that you get beyond um, 
being a big Mario is like, oh, hey, here's a fireball. Fire flower and the and the big mushroom and stuff like that. Yeah, and like the the big and small mushrooms are mostly just used to find certain hidden exits, and that's it. Oh, oh and yeah. the and can, don't you have the Koopa shell? Uh, you got the Koopa shell, and that that again. And I think that's really it's all it's just makes the game more precise because you're having to do this complex platforming while bouncing around and moving really fast. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And and I was really just shocked at again, how well this game kind of held up because it's a series that in my mind, or at least like the series as it went on, had kind of sullied this first game's reputation uh, because it's just like, oh, look, they're doing another one of these. It's like there are like five of these games now. There's only four. There's four. Okay, five, whatever. Four or five. It's like the same number, but one of them's bigger. Yeah, what really killed it was they had two on the 3ds and then you on the wii u came out within like three months of each other that was not a good idea no that wasn't a good look and then like they all copy like the same musical themes between each yeah, other Yeah, like and it's They're the same visual similar. style like there's hardly any like new like yeah it's a very ironically named series yeah now. like after there's only got... so much you can kind of do like din it din din it and the thing is like, the Waz were originally used as an interesting little mechanic because, like, you know, all of the enemies in a Mario game follow very specific back-and-forth patterns or or hoppy patterns. But, like, if you had to pay attention to the music because if you're doing a level and trying to do something in a very specific timed way, that music could fuck up that timing. Because they all pause. Because and they either dance. hop or they do a little dance to like fuck you up and it's just like I found that there were more than a few stages to where you know like I play Mario games and I never let go of the run button. That's how I play them. And yep. so it's just like a lot of the time it's just like oh my god I'm getting fucked over by the Waz. I don't hate the Waz because they're overused. <laughs> I hate them because they're fucking killing me now. <laughs> fucked by the Waz. Fucked by the Waz. The I still kind of I still kind of hope to myself one day that like they actually start doing like an like they actually do like another like Mario versus Donkey Kong kind of thing. Those games are so good. But uh, yeah, I love the Mario versus Donkey Kong games. Those things are rad. Hell, definitely. So, Weren't they based same. on the um, Donkey Kong '94 game? Yep, that's cool. exactly what they were based on. Cool. I, I I actually kind of wish that there was a there was a remake of that one as well, like another like another kind of modern day remake of it because the one that was on the Game Boy was really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn good. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, um, you know, I was just kind of amazed at how much I still, or I wasn't really amazed. I was actually kind of relieved that like my initial impressions of, uh, new super Mario brothers and that, like, when I first played that game, I was just like, Oh my God, this is so fantastic. And I love every bit of it. You know, I was just kind of glad that I could go back and play that game again all these years later, even after the way Nintendo's just kind of pounded that game into the ground and be like, oh, shit, this is still really fun. And then, like, cool. you know, the, the and like the wall jumping mechanics like that added something really cool and new to this really boiled down version of like what Mario had become. And like, you know, you've got like the butt stomp. They added that like the triple jump, like they took those ideas that had grown in the series um, 
from like Mario 64 and things like that. And they incorporated them into a 2D game in ways that it made sense. And it actually added to the experience of what Mario's 1 and 3 did. Uh, so it was really cool playing through that game again and being like, wow, it, it's really nice and pleasant that this old game that just really like I was hooked to for a long time. And then my dad stole it cause he got addicted to it. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Like I remember when I got that game and I finished it and I was like, Hey dad, like new Mario game, check it out. And then like, I ended up having to buy him a DS and his own copy of it because he was addicted to the game and like all the mini games, which are still really cool. I really love those. Like the, the, the cool little mini really games. Little mini games. Like that little package, like for for what you paid thirty five dollars for, you got a hell of a lot of content because there's like these eight full worlds with like lots of secrets to explore in the main game, and then there's like thirty two or something like little mini games that are all like you know they're decently thought out, and they you know they were obviously made to kind of push the touchscreen mechanic but thankfully like the actual game doesn't use the touchscreen for anything other than like uh ejecting your backup uh power up which you just like you know just bring your thumb over real quick and tap it mm. and it's that easy yeah, just... i really love the mini game where you find the hidden face yes whereas waldo the game because it they tweak that and move it around in really interesting ways yeah it gets like, real clever the like the mm-hmm. farther you get mm-hmm God, um, and uh, the card games are really fun. Yeah, They're, they did a bunch of they had a bunch of multiplayer modes. There, oh, New Super Mario Brothers had that really cool like oh battle multiplayer mode. Battle mode. It was oh so fun. Yes, no like, other Mario game has done that, right? No, they've never oh. done it. It's like you, you like you chase each other around through these very like very well done stages, and you have to like finish the stage with with the most stars or collect all the stars from the other yeah, player the stages loop infinitely so you actually attack other characters players by jumping on them to, to steal their stars yeah it's, it's really so cool it's it's just such a really well done game and i like i don't even think that like them still asking 30 dollars for that game is too much because like i think it's worth it like there's just a lot of good shit in there my little that's the only Mario game my little sister ever really got into and she and all our friends played the shit out of New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, it's it's still such a really really good game and like I'm still like working my way up to like you know having my second 100% file. Like I've already completed it on this playthrough but I'm going to like go back <laughs> and like like the star coins like they're all again like just just like how well the level designs are they're all placed in really fun ways so that like each one is its own unique little challenge that you have to figure out you know like they either involve you defying death through really perilous Mm. like you know jumps or wall jumps or bouncing off turtles in some way or like some really weird puzzle uh you know and the only ones that i don't like are where you need to have like a very specific power up to get to Mm-hmm. Like I don't really like the uh, the ones where it's just like oh no you like the only way you can get this one is if you have the mini mushroom. I'm like ah, I don't those aren't very fun because that's yeah, there's it's... not really a challenge in that because the game like it's not easy to get those very specific mushrooms because it's random whether you can get them or not. So that kind of like kills a bit of the 
like pacing. Yeah, the pacing. Yeah, the flow like, and stuff like that. Yeah, because like every other star coin or exit is like, hey, it's like you had to utilize your brain or utilize some really good manual dexterity uh, to figure out. Whereas the other one is just like, oh, well, you know, did you go into the toad house and get the blue mushroom? No. Well, sorry about your luck. Hope you can get it next time. So just that, that, that those those very specific ones there seemed kind of really out of touch, and I didn't like them as much. But yeah, that game's still really rad. And the last thing, badass. I did, yeah, badass. Just yeah. cool that you came back to a game like that and had a really good time. And the last thing I did was I reached the nuclear throne. Woo! Woo! And I did it after spending an hour and a half (laughs) flailing on a stream where I died probably in like a matter of two minutes every time. That was very frustrating. Like, don't stream Nuclear Throat and try to talk to people. It's not going to work. It was just, it was crazy. Like, I spent an hour and a half just dying and dying. And it's like, no, guys, seriously, I can play this game. I am good at this game. (laughs) <laughs> and then like you know you spend this entire stream where it's just like it's a shit show it's like i didn't even want to archive it it was so bad uh but then we kept it because dead crescendo's daughter is a door <laughs> just have her on the couch doing co-commentary next time i i definitely like he got me a game while we were streaming and i was just like you know what like i i will stream this game with you if you just bring your child along and let her commentate as well <laughs> <laughs> Because it was just so adorable. She just took over his mic. And it was just like, hello? Hi. Shoot that guy. Shoot that guy. It was adorable. (laughs) It was so adorable. Uh, But yeah. But there's so much stuff left to do in Nuclear Throne. Apparently there's a way to loop the game. And and there's like a harder version of the Nuclear Throne that you can get to. The Fission Throne. And, and, like, I don't even know how to do it yet. Like, I don't know how you loop the game. Oh, man. That's crazy. So I wish Isaac had loops. Oh, God, it would be so good. Why haven't they done that? I don't know. Hey, maybe huh. I can make a Perl script when the game when hey, Perl there you go. comes out. A Lua script that creates, like, an endless looping version yeah. of Isaac. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. That'd be so good. But, yeah, Nuclear Throne, man, that game is so good. And I didn't get to show it off on stream, but it, <laughs> yeah. but it, but it has a it, 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 in the options menu it has a screen shake slider that uh, <laughs> it adjusts how much screen shake you can have, like for when things are blowing up or when you shoot. It's a very Vlambeer inside joke thing where like every game they have, it's just like there's just screen shake everywhere because that's, oh god. <laughs> but it's it's kind of their own thing, and the funny thing is, it's like. I didn't even know this until last night, but if you like go push it up to a hundred and then you keep pressing right, oh no, it keeps going, <laughs> and like it literally breaks the gauge and goes off of the screen, and you can push it up to two hundred percent. And that, oh. I, I beat the nuclear throne at two hundred percent screen shake. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like when I shot the video that I uploaded to YouTube of me actually beating the nuclear mm-hmm. throne, it was at two hundred percent screen shake. <laughs> I was gonna say because I. Haven't no- watched a ton of that game, but when I saw the video of you beating the nuclear throne, I was like, yeah, the screen shake seems a little over the top here. Like, if you're trying yeah. to dodge specific bullets. I had it I had it up to 200% because that was the first time I realized you could do that. 
Um, but, but like the genuine moment in that video, like I wasn't doing commentary, but like when I beat the nuclear throne, I actually paused the game because I was sitting there for a moment. Like I just did that. It's weird, yeah. In the video, like the credits come up and you just pause a couple times. Like, there's just yeah. I was literally like, I haven't had a game do that to me in forever. Where I was just like, oh my god, I, I did, guys, I did. Like, I, I was like, do I go to Twitter and say it now? Like, look, guys, I did it. I beat the nuclear <laughs> throne. Man, that, that's that, awesome. That game's Fucking gonna. A. That game's going to keep me busy, and I'm still playing Isaac. Uh, I've recently gotten back on the horse. Like I was off of it for a little bit. Um, I, I don't saw you know why. Unlocked blue baby. I, huh? I, one of the co-op babies you got oh. was actually called blue baby. I'm like, wait a second. Oh my god, man! I beat um, I I, I beat Hush, which is the new super boss with blue baby, and my only fucking reward <laughs> for it was a co-op baby. And guess what? I don't play Binding of Isaac in. I don't play I Binding of Isaac in co-op. Do, do those things not even count towards 100%? Ah, uh, they do. But you okay. don't have to you don't have to like get them or use them, but they do count as secrets that are unlocked. Oh, right. And I guess every character's unlock for beating the hush is just a fucking co-op baby. That Yeah, that kind of like that kind of like, killed my enthusiasm a little bit, but like I'm like I'm I'm at like 545 coins on my greed machine now towards uh, unlocking the final secret character, which you get, you only get it a thousand coins donated. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm just like, you know, I think that's a pretty good haul of games. I've had myself entertained with Damn like, straight. Like, yeah. You know, Damn revisiting right. some classics and like fucking beating the nuclear throne <laughs> was just incredible. After the shit luck, like, there's just... I did not expect to go into, like, the... It was, like, the very next run! Like, right after I stopped streaming, I took, like, a 30-minute break, went to go get something to eat, came back, sat down, like, alright, let's play some Nuclear Throne. And, like, oh, look, everything's going my way now because I'm not fucking streaming. (laughs) That sounds... I had, like, a very compressed version of that experience with Downwell a couple weeks ago, and it's just a really great feeling. Yeah. Just that whole format really has so much to offer. Yeah, just like this real quick, like, I love the fact that, like, a game of Nuclear Throne, like, can last, like, five to ten minutes, much much like Downwell. Both of those games have a very similar game feel to them, mm-hmm. uh, where they're just, like, big, loud, and crunchy, and, like, they're over and done real fast, whether you're winning or losing. I really appreciate that, especially with, after playing some, probably after, like, um... The fir- the only real, the only real roguelike I'd gotten into for a long time was FTL with its like hour and a half long games. Oh god, yeah. And then so, you yeah. only only to get to the flagship and be like, "Yep, okay, this this is over. Exactly. This game's stupid." So that almost pushed me away from the format for a little while. So it's good to see these really tight, cool, crunchy <laughs> action games. That well, I- I prefer my roguelikes not turn-based. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I prefer my roguelikes when they're less like rogue. Yeah, <laughs> I'll probably um get Spelunky on the Vita and just play that on the go. Yeah, that Probably that's a really good that game. That'd be a really good on the go game. Mm-hmm. How is the Vita version of um Binding of Isaac? Uh, I hear it's pretty good. It's better than the DS version. Well, you it's just can't. Not, better than, yeah. You just can't get Afterbirth. Yeah, yeah. Cool. They seem to be making some progress on that. They just showed a screenshot of it on Wii U. 
Yeah, so maybe they're, you know, I doubt it'll maybe come to 3DS, but... I can't imagine it does. Yeah, it probably won't come to Vita, but... Yeah, hope. they haven't. Cool. They don't seem to know what they're doing right now, because they just announced that, like, Afterbirth Plus might also come to consoles, but it's like, Afterbirth isn't on consoles yet, yeah, guys. Come like, on. Yeah, like, Nicholas is a very weird company. And that they yes. just kind of they kind of never seem to know what they're doing, and it's just like they're really bad at supporting their products anyway. So it's just it's frustrating when we don't even really know what Afterbirth Plus is right yeah, now. It's yeah, yeah. Scripting stuff which won't be on consoles. Yeah, and then, like the way that like Afterbirth Plus was announced, it was like oh this free thing, and then like oh no, by the way, like three weeks later, oh no, it's a paid thing. Oh yeah. Like, what the Weird. fuck, guys? Get your shit together. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that just gets so much worse with their dicks about it on Twitter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I... Like I said, like... I, I won't support any game going forward from them just because of how they've reacted to people asking legitimate questions and stuff. It's like, I'm, I'm not supporting that bullshit. Yeah. What if that game was Binding of Isaac 2? Eh, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Trust, oh, um, don't worry i'll edit out any mention of that on this podcast if it ever happens but it i don't think <laughs> isaac 2 is ever gonna happen so. i mean that's basically what afterbirth is it feels like kind of i don't of. know i don't mm. know edmund has talked about like things wanting to do for... an actual binding of isaac 2 huh. yeah and how to make it less random like have you have more choice over how you develop your character yeah oh, that's neat Polly did one more thing this week. What'd I do? You made a family tracker cover of Big Blue. Yeah, I did. It was, was really kinda, good. But it, it was, was really like, rad. But it was like a late night thing. It was just like, oh, I'm, I'm up late and can't sleep. Here's this thing I'm going to fire off and be cool. done with. And like, it only it took a few hours. Real. It sounds real good. There's a few parts I love the melody. There's a few parts of it that are really sloppy that most people don't seem to recognize. So mm-hmm. Nope. I listened well, to it a bunch <laughs> of times. They notice. The uh, the the uh, the note runs I did as individual instruments and I didn't track them out like in the tracker properly, so mm-hmm. they they're not exactly on perfect time. Yeah, yeah. The, I didn't. The, I didn't. The, I didn't that's the thing is that it sounds good, and that's kind of what matters. It was passable enough for me to put on YouTube, so mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, what? most people probably won't notice, but I'll go ahead and append this, you know, kind of sloppy thing at the end, or I just say, you know, like, hey, this is kind of a sloppy version. Mm-hmm. I, it was hey. just cool because that's one of the first um, and only family tracker covers I made. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to go back and compare it with like my thing I put online. Yeah. Mm. Here's the thing about YouTube, though. Everything is passable for YouTube. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a yeah. good point. That's a good I'm going to upload my grocery haul. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Before we go into that tangent, though, John Fire, what have you been up to? Oh, boy. I played a game where you, from 2008, with a three-letter name, where you go through a game and kill a bunch of people and feel really bad about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I played Off, um, which is an RPG maker game by Mortis Ghost, which feel, which it, it was French, and then finally got translated in 2010. Um, and it's a really neat little game. So, John, I have a question. Yes. yes. Well, would you recommend people get off? Ha! See yes. what I did there? 
Yeah. It's a, a joke about having an orgasm because that's what getting off means. And you know what? That's kind of important too, isn't it? It's, yeah. Healthy yeah. living. It's one of the most important things, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, food, getting off, and then playing this game because it's cool. Um, so this is like a five-hour-long RPG, and it's basically the evil route from Undertale, but that's the whole game. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty straightforward way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how it was put to me. Was someone on Twitter talking about how Undertale is just ripping off this old RPG Maker game, and really that game is way more intelligent and smart. And, oh, so yeah. they framed it in a shitty way right from the yeah. start, though. Yeah. yeah, they did. So I kind of came into this game almost a little bit angry and defensive, <laughs> and I kind of. Um, ragged on it a good bit on Twitter before finally before kind of spinning back around after having a bit of time and realizing like this was 2008 this was like probably the biggest deal was like Braid was had kind of was like the big big deal mm-hmm. uh, and um, I think in that light and in that era this is a really neat little thing um, basically it does the th- it does the thing where right off the bat it names you it you give the character your name and then some of the characters address you by your name Mm -hmm. and then the main character states that he is just a puppet being controlled by you (laughs) so very very transparent in that degree kind kind of but it's actually pretty neat and clever right um and i think it goes to a cool place ultimately Mm. um it does the same. It, it's the same thing, kind of as the evil Undertale, where you go into this world and just kind of clear out. Um, but it, it's different from Undertale because every every area in the game is kind of awful to begin with. They're all just kind of these really sad people and living in sad situations, <laughs> and you get the sense that this whole world is kind of poisoned. Mm. Um, and kind of as I progressed, I kind of got the sense that maybe that was being filtered through the Avatar's perspective. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Um, and then if you, you can optionally revisit the levels after you've gone through them, and it's just like, but nobody came. Oh. And it, everything is gray and empty and sad, and you can fully explore every area, um, which is really cool. It sounds and, a little too on the nose, though. Maybe, but... Like, maybe that's just me looking at it through Undertale blinders. Yeah. Uh, but it just sounds like it's really on the nose. Like, like when, like, stylized indie platformers was kind of a joke meme. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, oh, well, you're, you're, every indie game ends with, and they were all dead all along. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like really on the nose for well, that time. It doesn't shit on the player. Right. For do for killing everybody, because it knows that that's the only way forward in the game, mm-hmm. um, and and it's kind of filtered and presented in an interesting way. Mm. Um, it's not just because you just talk to people first. It's it's not actually really going through and just murdering everyone like an Undertale. It's you just have to reach the boss at the this creature at the end who's right. control, who is kind of the god of the world, and then then you kill that god of that world, and then the world falls apart. I see. Um, so you're not just on a murder spree the whole game. Um, you're kind of just going into these different little poisoned worlds and 
um, reaching the end. And then I think, I don't know. It, it sounded, it felt, it felt bad to me at first. I, I said on Twitter, um, I have a very low tolerance for man angst right yeah, now yeah. in my art, <laughs> in my media. And mangst. And this was kind oh, of geez. striking that. <laughs> mangst. Oh, it's um, angst for men. <laughs> and I don't I don't know. It the way it was presented felt kind of subdued and artful enough. And the fact that the game does not go, How dare you play this video game and blah 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 blah. Yeah. It doesn't spec ops you. It does not spec ops you. It's Oh god. <laughs> Don't get me started on spec ops. That yeah. one time that person was all like like, oh man, spec ops isn't that bad. But I'm like, no, it guilt trips you the entire game. <laughs> I, I probably should play spec ops just to kind of get the full spectrum of the conversation. Basically yeah. get basically just every game right now is filtered through the lens of this is all on the line of history. That climaxes with Undertale coming out and existing. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see the next game that makes Undertale feel like just another pit stop on the train of history. Right. Uh, kind of like this game makes, kind of like Undertale makes off feel. Um, but you know what? I like it better than Braid. <laughs> um, I feel like just the whole. I like the story in off more than EG mm. and how it presents the morality thing. Yeah. Cause it's not a yeah. choice system. It's just, this is an RPG where you run through and kill everything. And let's maybe create kind of an exaggerated perspective of what that is. And maybe why this isn't such, why there's something maybe ugly underneath going on. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of has a lot of energy moving through it. Kind of like Barkley. It gets kind of the RPG fundamentals really well. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite. The battles aren't as engaging as Barkley or Undertale, but they're functional. Um, so I think it's cool. I basically, I like off. Um, and I, th- I think that's all I really have to say about it. I that's really cool. need to play Barkley because I keep laughing every time you bring it up as like a cornerstone of kind of indie Barclay RPGs. Barkley is really good, dude. Yeah. It's so funny that, that he keeps mentioning it. It's like, it is unironically it, good. In mm-hmm. company it, with Undertale, though, is just... <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's sort of like Barkley and Yume Nikki, and then kind of a little bit beneath that, you got stuff like Off. I want to play Mittens and Space Funeral, since those games seem hella rad. Mm. Um, and Lisa. Yeah, um, like yeah. I, th- I think me and John need to play through Lisa at the same time. We I both own it. To, I think yeah, we need to do for that. Yeah, yeah. We can all like three a... play that game together. I think that'd be yeah, because it's only like, it's like ten hours long, and it, it feels like a really good companion piece. Yeah, yeah, just coming out yeah. this damage. But yeah, I um, bought Lisa in November, and I was like, I'm not going to play this immediately after Undertale. Like, I yeah. can't do no. that right now. Yeah. Yeah, Off's not as fucking good as Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. But uh, so what is... we're saying, Dr. No, is that you should play Undertale. Oh my god. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. Once All everybody the shuts the fuck up about it. <laughs> God. I know I'm trying so hard not to be that guy who's like, you need to play this game, it's so good. But, yeah, it's, because but, the fan base is already intolerable enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I already I've I've already I've looked up some stuff about Undertale. Like it 
it seems like an interesting game, but for some reason, like, like I don't know what it what what it is about the game, but um, like I guess I'm not really too fond of like the the battle system being more like you're playing kind of like a shmup or something like that. God, that's the coolest thing, though. Sorry. I mean, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting concept, sure, but for me, it's like you know I kind of preferred it, you know, a little bit more traditional, I guess. I, mean, I think that, that I think that they play with that enough that you kind of forget that it, that's what it's doing. Mm-hmm. So, but it really but, isn't just like. But rather than turning patterns. this into an Undertale podcast, <laughs> yeah. why you should play Undertale? <laughs> I will leave it at that. Yeah, I think I'm really smart and have good opinions about video games, and I think it's <laughs> I think it's as good as any game oh I've my ever played. God, John, tell, a, tell another. Jeez. So Saga's just, good, you guys. <laughs> I shut up about that. I shut up about that when I couldn't get more than five hours into Saga Frontier, so Oh <laughs> Maybe someday. So what else are you into, John? I playing So you know how I'm a computer science major? Yeah. So periodically, I have to go home and write giant programs as homework, right? Yeah. In order to get good grades and graduate and all that. Yeah. So I found this game called TIS-100. Yeah, Rock Grumbler's been talking about this game a lot and posting screenshots that only serve to confuse the hell out of me. I posted a screenshot of every... I've been so proud of every time I beat a puzzle in this game that I posted a screenshot of every single solution to Twitter. (laughs) Um, so this is basically an assembly programming language video game. Yeah. Which obviously, when I heard about it, sounded like the coolest fucking thing ever. They made up... I like it in concept because it's like, I want more variety in games and I am glad that this is a thing that exists. Mm -hmm. It's this whole basically made up little, kind of slightly miniaturized assembly language paradigm. Mm -hmm. And with its own instruction manual and as a PDF... And just as someone who has done assembly programming, this hits a certain je ne sais quoi of that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this game. I really like that I have basically a game that takes the most fun parts of my homework and hones in on that. Which it, is creating solutions to relatively simple problems. Yeah. As opposed to what is a lot of my homework, which is, like, figuring out which fucking library I need to download onto which fucking virtual machine and figure out how I can actually compile this and, uh, oh, wait, I have the wrong software library downloaded. So uh, wait, I'm going to school for the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> TIS 100 is, like, the most fun parts of programming just made into a little puzzle game, which is really cool. As someone who fucking loves programming. Look up screenshots of this game. And if they make you <laughs> erotically excited, then you know that this is for you. Because <laughs> I saw this thing and I was like, yes, yes, I need this in my life. It popped an immediate boner. Probably there's at least one person listening to this who is just like, oh my god, I need this in my life right now. Um, and I'm telling you, if that's what you're feeling... This is that game. And there's only like 22 puzzles. Because <laughs> they're all pretty fucking hard. 
Yeah, uh, like looking at like the screenshots, like I don't have the best grasp of assembly. I know a little bit about what goes into it. But even then, like looking at these screenshots is like, what the fuck? There's a graphical component. They introduced Yeah, it's a graphical component. It's a graphical Um, component. It is very about six or seven puzzles at near the end. Yeah. They have a stack data structure. Yep. That you can utilize. Um it's it's nuts. It's great. There's only like twelve commands or so, and you can pick them up at any time by pressing F one. You can open the menu whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It's so just simple and there's no bullshit to it. You're just all these puzzles are just very well thought out and it has been very satisfying. I have not finished it because it's very hard. <laughs> um I have six hours into it and I've solved like I think there's seven puzzles left. So I imagine like this being the kind of game it is, there's nothing like a fail state or anything. It's no. just it's just, hey, like the thing that you tried to do didn't work. Yeah. Is it's you have <laughs> oh well that tells you um no yeah there are some the the first few levels are pretty easy like it's just move it just copy the input into the output is the first level or copy the input into your output <laughs> <laughs> so and then it just set steadily progresses from there i i was able to solve every puzzle in like five minutes for the first six or seven levels ah, i see um and then it started taking a half hour and then there was one that took like two hours and then there were like six or seven that took an hour, or then there was like six or seven that took a half hour. So I felt good oh now. Oh god! <laughs> um, so this is a really cool game to make yourself feel smart because in order to progress through it, it ha- you have to become sufficiently smart, <laughs> or it'll just make you feel dumb, or you'll just feel dumb. Um, so I was on a big puzzle game kick because this game just got me off. Wait, no, wrong game, John. Okay, okay. so much. Um, so I bled down, I, I own Space Chem by Zactronics, mm-hmm. um, and that game's really cool too. It's, it's basically another programming video game, um, but it's more spatial, more ge- geometry. Mm-hmm. There's actually a little geometrical component to, um, TIS-100, which is really interesting, the way that you actually have to move information between these, um, 12 nodes, which are, which via cardinal directions access each other. Which right. is really interesting because that's the aspect of it that doesn't really have anything to do with actual assembly language. So it bends my brain in a cool way. I see. Um, I see. Space Chem, you're just moving nodes around on this grid by creating tracks and that move things in infinite loops that you create. And then you create infinite loops that um, you take input that are presented as like atoms or molecules with actual element names. And then you can split them apart and put them back together using uh-huh. these tracks and then make them out- output that's a new chemical, a new molecule. Nice. So it's programming and chemistry. Not really chemistry, it's fake chemistry, but it's a vehicle for this cool programming thing. Um, Space Cam is a lot noisier than TS-100. The, the story is a much is has a slightly stronger presence in that there is a one page of text every like one hour of play mm-hmm. <laughs> of story, which is more <laughs> than TS-100. Which does have a story, actually. That's really weird. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty classic. The story is you're you're a computer science student learning assembly. <laughs> no, the thing is, the it's a you've a, 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 discovered this machine like twenty years after it in the future. It's been passed down to you from your uncle, mm-hmm. and there are notes scrawled in the instruction manual 
from the uncle. And also the uncle leave, has left debug notes in each level of the game, which kind of um, show his degrading mental state and um, trying to figure this thing out and also unraveling a small conspiracy. Basically, you're going to become grandpa. <laughs> so <laughs> You're going to be the crazy one by the end. Basically, yeah. Um, Space Game is more intrusive of the story stuff, and the graphics are a lot more like, like bright and colorful instead of all being black and white. Mm. So naturally, I didn't like it as much, but it's still <laughs> very good. It's Hollywood TIS 100. I know TIS after TIS 100. It's like, whoa, this is this is a video. Space Game is like, whoa, this well, is a this is certainly game. this is certainly Chrome Magnet. <laughs> But it's really good. And Space Cam, if TIS-100 sounded too scary, this is gets at a lot of the same pleasure zones. Um, tickles a lot of the same zones without um, necessarily being as completely intimidating and scary. But not enough to get you off. Nah, nah. Um, I think, so, yeah. I think Space Cam, when Steam did those, like, achievements for, like, sales events, yeah. I think uh-huh. Space Cam had one in one yeah. of the winter sales Oh. And I remember opening it up and just being like, "What?" and just using it, and just using a guide to get the achievement. Oh, you turd! <laughs> oh my god, these I'm... games are so pristine with how they convey information that I cannot, in good conscience, ever use a guide because I know exactly what I need to do, um, what has to be done, and I have all these tools, and I know that these tools can come together to make this thing. It's literally just my own brain standing between me using these tools to make this. Whereas, like, in most puzzle games, it's like you're also trying to figure out what the developers want you to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, it, it's, it's a lot kind of like how I've seen you approach problems in Game Maker, really. Yeah. Um, st- like something like an eco where it's like, oh, I can swing the fucking rope. Who knew? Yeah. So, or, oh, I had to pull this bomb from over here. It's like you're trying to figure out what the developers wanted you to do instead of what the actual problem is and what you how you can actually solve it. Right, right. Um, I love I love that I turned you on eco <laughs> because I played the game and made the, like a couple complaints about the actual gameplay, and now mm-hmm. you just copy those. <laughs> yeah, cool. well, I also when you said that I booted up eco and played it played about half of it, and then was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the part where you swing the rope is such bullshit because it it's doesn't tell bullshit. you. <laughs> and that you have to like climb up the side of the building. It takes like two minutes. Oh, <laughs> girls yeah, are like... weak. You guys. <laughs> it's the greatest love story ever told, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's true art, though. Last time I checked. It's, it's true fart and not in the good way. It's it would be <laughs> as if Rhett called it that. <laughs> oh, man. So TIS-100 and Space Chem are, like, really puzzle games that get on my level and then go way above it and make me scared and small. <laughs> so I really like them. And John I likes play- it when games do that. I played one more game that did the same thing, which is on a whole kind of, which is sort of a different style. Mm-hmm. Um, I booted up English Country Tune because I got a new phone and I, could, and I was able to play. And that was what I downloaded because I played a bunch of it on Steam mm-hmm. and it made me feel scared and small. <laughs> and I wanted to revisit it. Um, that game's fucking hard. It's a block-pushing puzzle game in three-dimensional space with a lot of weird rules that it teaches you very succinctly. 
Man, I already hate block puzzles as it is. <laughs> okay, this is probably the smartest block pushing puzzle game possible. And most <laughs> I would buy I would buy a phone just to download this game to it and then destroy the phone. I hate block <laughs> puzzles that much. Didn't we play this? Didn't you play Yes, this? I played this for a little bit. It okay. got way too hard for me. I had to quit because I'm just it's like, this so game's fucking crazy. It's so I should much. revisit it just to see how bad it gets. There's one puzzle that I, I Googled it. I Twitter searched it. And I found a lady I follow who writes programming languages and makes her own compilers. And she talked about spending like months ruminating on one <laughs> level. Oh my God. God, it gets all right. There's a side level that I don't think is like the core game or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, where in it asks you to make a level and then cover each side of the level using this thing. So you have to so you actually have to make the level yourself in such a way that it's solvable. And I have no idea. That's absolutely insanity. It, give, it gives you a little level editor and says, all right, make a level you can solve. And I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the level isn't quite, game isn't quite that conceptual, but it's um, – I literally thought that it was impossible. Like that That's was, really fucking out there. I really thought it was impossible. This is Increpair, the guy who's released like 200 tiny games. Yeah. And made his own programming language for block-pushing puzzle games called PuzzleScript. <laughs> wow. And people have made like hundreds and hundreds of games in Puzzle Script mm-hmm. um, because it's so good for making block pushing puzzle games. Um, I would make a block really... pushing puzzle where you're pushing a block that says block puzzle and you push it off a fucking cliff. <laughs> <laughs> That's my so, next game maker game. Wait, I, I have an actual idea here. What? Yeah. Polly block or something. You play as Polly and she pushes around little blocks that have Pat's face on them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But the but okay. there but there aren't actually solutions to puzzles or anything. It's just you push them for some reason. There's got to be a nefarious reason that you're pushing them. Can I can I say you, gi- you give them about? cigarettes? Okay. <laughs> Bowls you, of you cigarettes can... that he lights on fire. You can always you can always spec ops it too. There you go. Oh yeah, Buddy. you push them off the cliff, and then it's like, why did you do that? Why did you kill Pat? Don't you feel bad? <laughs> Don't you feel bad? And Polly's just standing there. <laughs> do you feel ashamed of your words and deeds? And then Polly just stands there with that goofy smile on her face. Oh my God. And walks off. <laughs> Wait, I could actually, I could actually do this though, because you can push stuff in bullet face. So I like have an engine ready. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready for our first bullet phase mod. Let's go. Yes. I made a block pushing puzzle game, but it was really easy, but also very cute. So I feel okay about that. English country tune. This is they introduced in like the third level. Is that they have 2D space to intro where you push around a block and then have to push it into a box, push a circle into a box. And then they put it into 3D space where you're pushing the circle into a box, except that the circle only has gravity in relation to you while you're pushing it. What? So it changes its frame of reference depending on when you're pushing it and from what angle. You're already hurting my brain here. And the whole game is built around that. But also, it's it goes further in totally weird directions. Oh. Now I remember why I stopped playing this. This game, <laughs> it's it's ooh, it it doesn't it never feels like it's bullshitting you. It just feels like here are a bunch of savant bullshit problems. <laughs> All right, I just contradicted myself, but 
You get what I mean, I guess. I, no, yeah, I get you. So this is probably the best set of block-pushing puzzles possible because <laughs> not fucking boring, tedious nonsense like, right. they, are in, like they are in every other game. Mm-hmm. Like Undertale is block-pushing puzzles, but they're mostly just vehicles for jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is the ultimate Gordian knot final boss form of block-pushing <laughs> puzzle game. So if you really feel like you need in your soul to have the ultimate block-pushing puzzle experience, English Country Tune, go give it a play. It's the only commercial released by Anchor Pair, I think. Mm. I can uh, vouch for this game being super fucked up hard. It's really fucked up, man. I played, so I just You know what a better block-pushing game is? What? It'll do. Oh, I didn't play. I don't know what that is. Sorry. That's super cute game. It's a super oh. cute game, and it's got block puzzles, and they're easy. That sounds nice. You know what's cute? My aunt's game, where you push around hamburgers so that you can get your wife, so you can get your friend's <laughs> game. There you go. Didn't you have a high score in that, and then take it out, or did you never actually add it? I never took it out. I, it's there. Oh. But it's, it's whatever. So, because I never tried to get a high score. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to play that boring game over and over again. Uh, <laughs> but I played three games this week, the last two weeks that made me feel so smart and so dumb. And <laughs> they are these Herculean things. There are puzzles in Space Chem that the creator of Space Chem didn't solve. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Then how is it a puzzle? Because he's seen the metrics and he knows some people have solved it. He just put it in the game and hopes it was solvable. Okay, that's, that's kind of bullshit. That's really but stupid. it's solvable. People did solve all of those puzzles. They can be solved. They're optional puzzles. You don't see them. have to beat them to beat the, see the credits. Okay, that's fine, but it's still that's still a stupid what thing. What if they weren't solved? I don't know. Um, the cra- Michael Bro made a puzzle game where... Um, I didn't play it, but the last ten there's ten puzzles in the last level, and the puzzle is that five of them are impossible, and you don't know which ones. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's I'm, fucked. I'm pretty sure Inkerpair has released some games. He said that he's released puzzle games that end with an impossible puzzle, and I was convinced that the create your own level one in this one was that. But no, people have solved it. So these games, these are ter- these games scare me. <laughs> They're very fun, but they they scare me a bit. I like Contra. I you you you're a guy <laughs> and you jump and you shoot stuff. You know what's things fun? Up. I played Pokemon Crystal. Start the timer. Timer start. All right. I played Pokemon Crystal. I finally beat it. I've talked about that game being really good a lot, and I finally went back and played it. Um, the Kanto thing, the Kanto part of the game is way sh- is really short, which is nice because I was pretty bored of the game by the time I beat Lance. Um, and wanted it to be over, so I was I went through Kanto really quick, and then I fought Red, which is a really cool final boss fight. Um, all of the it's uh, super heavy how the game just fades to black like instantly after that fight, and he disappears, and then it cuts to the credits. I think um, blah, 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 blah. I think the puzzle, the dungeon designs in Pokemon Crystal are very linear and stripped down and streamlined in comparison to the Pokemon Red and Blue, and I think that makes it a weaker game. There is very little resistance and friction to your progression in the game, which made it kind of boring. You're just fighting trainer after trainer after trainer after trainer. It's still pretty cool. I think it's a, probably the best Pokemon sequel. I think the original game is the best, because I really like it a lot. It's the first one I played, and I think it's legit the smartest one. Um, Pokemon Crystal is really neat. You should play it if you like Pokemon. Timer, stop!
That was like a minute. Wow, you had uh, 53... Yeah, you had... Uh... All I told me I had only two minutes to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I was only giving him two minutes to talk about... Uh... About to Pokemon talk about person. Pokemon, so yeah. uh, that's welcome, another, listeners. Pokemon's another important waypoint in the historical train line leading to Undertale, so playing it was nice. Right. So is that all you've been up to, John? No! Come on, John. Not! <laughs> Jesus, stop rushing me. I played this Game Boy platformer called Avenging Spirit. Mm. It took like an hour and a half, and I had a nice time. All right. It's a game where you start off and you are your girlfriend is kidnapped and then you are murdered and then your dad harvests your soul and uses it to and inputs it into a person's body and says now you can possess people um and now you and go save your girlfriend and then you go through six levels where every single enemy you can press select and then possess and exit whatever body you're in now and they die and then you can possess a new body and then you fight, and every enemy has a different move set and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. I it's, think it's um, a good game. Yes. Yeah. Um, the ending's cool. <laughs> if you um, say if you, there's a good ending and a bad ending, um, so it's oh, it's basically like if Blazon was good. <laughs> oh, okay. I get. I understand you now. Cool. Um, the ending is if you is that the only way you can rescue your girlfriend. Um, because she's like hidden behind some crate or something, you possess her body and then go fight the final boss, and you and she's the strongest character. Yeah. <laughs> after you break her out with another character, and then you um, possess her and fight the final boss, and then gen- and then you like have a nice little touching goodbye sequence in the ending. Um, so it's a cute little platformer. I don't think I want to play the arcade version because it looks ugly. Yeah. And. and um, I think that game's vision kind of suits the Game Boy format better. Yeah. I'm a little pumped up. I think talking about the puzzle games kind of got me pumped up. <laughs> oh. Pumped up for Pokemon. I beat Streets of Rage! Good job! Or the 3D Classics version where you have infinite continues. <laughs> it's not that good hard. Enough. Okay, good it enough. wasn't. I just, I'm just, <laughs> I, it was very nice. That game is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, beat em ups are usually boring. Like almost always, almost and too always. long. Yeah, and Streets of Rage is neither boring nor too long, which no. is great. And it has really good Yuzo Koshiro music. Like even Streets of Rage three, which I I don't like all that much. Mm-hmm. It's still much better than like anything in the Final Fight series or any other like boring ass beat 'em up game. Like even yeah. Streets of Rage three, with as bad as it is, is still. Mm-hmm. Much better and much more preferable than any Naturally, of the other games. Naturally, when I started tweeting about it, it was like, oh, yes, one and three are so good. Two oh, is my kinda, eh. God. Really, <laughs> man? Every, every person you talk to on Twitter literally lives to have the most contrarian opinion about fucking everything. You know, Ninja Gaiden peaked with the third game. Oh, my God. <laughs> it did? I thought it peaked with two. <laughs> or are we talking I, I was, about the Xbox? I was being contrarian. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. About... And the funny thing is that we're talking about the NES games because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought we were talking about the Xbox games right no, now. No. Uh, the, the first Xbox game is real fucking good. All right. I think that's everything. Streets of Sega games are really good. 
Especially like from that era when they had this mm-hmm. very distinct vision of what mm-hmm. what a Sega game was. Oh, it feels Streets so of Rage, and Sonic the Hedgehog, and like games from that. Yeah, and Outrun. They oh. all have a very specific attitude and look and sound to them that is very unique to what Sega was doing. God, it's perfect. I'm gonna download. Um, I really love the 3D effect. I really love how they presented it. I want to download Sonic One. I want to download Outrun and Fantasy Zone. And I hear that I think... in Sonic Two, like they really utilize the 3D well with the way that game's parallax backgrounds work. I hear <laughs> that like Shinobi Three. This, I hadn't gone to most of these games. I've beaten Sonic Two and but um, Sonic One, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't beat Outrun because Outrun Arcade, Vanilla Arcade, is really hard. Yeah, yeah. You've got to drive perfect, basically. Yeah, and that's a little demanding for me. So this game has a slightly more varied difficulty options. Mm-hmm. I might revisit Echo, but that could be heartrending. So. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the machine, 3D, 3D. bitch. <laughs> oh, whoa. Okay, maybe I do need to play that. <laughs> oh, Is Galaxy Force 2 one of the 3D games? I don't think so. Oh, I thought they did that one. I think Afterburner 2 is on there. Yeah, Afterburner 2 is definitely on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember hearing that the like the those oh, Space scalar Harry games were really crazy in the 3D. Yeah, Space Harry makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Outrun 2. Outrun is what I really want because that game's gorgeous. It's just yeah. really fucking hard. Absolutely. Um, 3D classics are great. Um, video games are great. Puzzle games are great. Um, I think that's it. All right. Uh, Steven Baum was great. Yeah! yeah Steven Universe is great. <laughs> Steven Universe is great. Um, yeah. We won't go into too much, because we're, we're, we're running a little long here. Yeah, I think Paradox uh, all of our favorites. Yeah, Paradox is best character. Um, we have no news. I've got one news thing. What? They're releasing a 3DS with Pokemon Red and Blue installed on it. Yes! I think that's hilarious that a new 3DS is coming with a fucking Game Boy game on it. And that, you can trade. The they're in, they're oh, making it so you can locally trade between oh, the games. Yeah, there's another uh, news item. Um, Justin McElroy and Griffin McElroy are the new Bartman. <laughs> nobody, nobody will get that joke. All right. The creator of Thomas Alone released his newest new video game, and nobody told me. It was like a week ago. Volume. Huh. That game's been out for a while. Really? Volumes no, told me about that. I was Volumes kinda... been out for a while. It wasn't very well received. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. it's like like I like I like stealth games and even I just kind of looked uh-huh. at this and thought, "Eh, this looks a little too bare bones and rudimentary, honestly." Yeah. I'm not <clears throat> like I I like Thomas's Alone. It's been very formative for me and Anna just kind of talking about it. Mm-hmm. God, that came out in August. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. No one told me. Okay. Nobody but really I, talked about it because it just it yeah. really wasn't, wasn't all that good. Nice. Yeah. 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 It seemed like Lamas was a little may have been kind of a flash in the bottle thing for that guy. Anyway, just kind of listening to him talk on the bombcast that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Because he he straight straight up said that he didn't think the story was the main appeal. Yeah. That the platforming. Yeah. Um. So anyway, nah. so we got no news. Other than what we just rattled off there, early access is still shit, um, and we got no questions. But None? if you want, but if you want to send us questions, 
Uh, you can do so by firing an email off to podcast at SoxMakePeopleSexy.net, and you can also get in touch with us on Twitter at uh, SMPS underscore updates. Dr. No, I want to thank you for joining us uh, on Ooh. this fine Friday evening. Uh, it has been a long time coming for us to finally get to sit down and shoot the bullshit together about mm. this, that, and everything else. It's been great having you on. I hope you uh, enjoyed your time here. I did. It was a pleasure to, it was a pleasure to talk to you three as well. Thank uh, you. Uh, is there anywhere we can like find you online or do you just kind of like do your own thing? Anything you want to plug or anything like that? I, I guess. I mean, if you really wanted to like talk to me or something like that, you can always talk to me on like, uh, on steam or like on Tumblr or something like that. Or you can just, you can just shoot me a question on Tumblr or something or Tumblr. Uh, yeah, Tumblr. Tumblr or, <laughs> or Dumblr. Dumbler. I call it Dumbler. Dumbler, whichever <laughs> yeah, you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> but um but other than that, you know, I, I actually don't use a lot of social media because, you know, I It's really I kinda... dumb. <laughs> well, not not just that, but it's also just something I've never really gotten into. I'm kinda like one of those like uh like those like those dinosaur type of people. Hey, you know what? You're times. smarter for it because there's so much <laughs> bullshit in social media and just sometimes it's just way too much noise and I'm just like, you know what? I'm turning this off for a few days and I don't want to hear from anybody. Mm, <laughs> I've stripped down my feed so much lately. It's yeah. Great. <laughs> um, but again, it has been an absolute uh, blast having you here, dude. Uh, maybe we can like get you in on uh, some streams or something in the future, have more fun together. All that fun shit. Sure. Cool. Um, John Thire, where can we find you? Farawaytimes.com on CD-ROM. Rhett, where can we find you? Uh, You can also find Dr. No on PSO2 dancing in the lobby all the time. Yes. Yes. Waiting for those EQs. (laughs) 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 Got to be there for that Kuna concert. There you go. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on n3.tumblr.com. I released a new game. It's called Bullet Phase. That's Bullet P H A Z E. Google that or something. Mm. It's cool. You can it's, find, it's very hard. You can and do find an LP. Me. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> you can find me at my dumb website. Where the hell else would you get this dumb thing? And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools If they ask her to focus on Sailors fighting in the dance hall Take a look at the low man Beating on the wrong guy Oh man, wonder if you'll ever know 
Life on my- 